You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. This is the mandatory Samson Podcast. Coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by my great friend Joseph Noe on my right. Hi, guys. Uh, we're also being produced by my main man, Evan, up there. Thanks, Evan. Say hi, Evan. Let's make sure the microphone's working. Hi. Great. Dynamite drop in. Welcome to the program, everybody. It feels really good to be back in studio. It feels amazing to be in the studio. Did you miss me last week, Joey? I missed the show last week. <laughs> okay. That's a little bit of a backhanded uh, compliment, <laughs> I guess, but I'll, I'll take it. My seat's a little low. Fuck, I'm trying to adjust it here. Uh, hi, everyone. This is I'm, I'm very glad to be back in for our 47th episode. Hell yeah. We have a good show lined up today. At the top of the show, I want to say this. Mm-hmm. I took the liberty of setting up a mandatory Samson YouTube page. That is awesome. So you guys can go to YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can find the full episode videos. I'll put them up. And you can also find the link. It's a playlist for the Stand Up New York Labs live stream, which is where all the shows live stream whenever they're recording. But we record Thursdays at 4 p.m. So if you'd like to watch us live, we're no longer on Daily Motion. We're on YouTube now. We're on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can find all of the Mandatory Samson video live streaming content you so desire. Here's what we're going to do today, Joey. Yes. We have a few quick hits that we'll get to at the top of the show. Uh, I have two more detailed stories to get to, one about ISIS and U.S. intelligence, okay. which is mind-blowing. It's, it's a just, bombshell, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous, and I, I don't think it's being talked about. The other we have about the Iran deal, Colin Powell, Pope uh-huh. Francis, and our buddy Dick Cheney. I have, a, I have one more short Dick Cheney clip that we're going to play, but then that's the end of it. Will you stop hating on Dick, please? I'll never. I never will. Okay. I, I really, truly find the guy just despicable i just hate him you also have a couple of topics to get to right you have yes, a fuck up of the week i understand yes i do all right we're, we're gonna start with one of your stories but let me just say this yes uh i want to just thank tyler who's a guy that is very supportive of the show he emails yes. a lot we were talking about black holes he's a physicist that's awesome so it's very cool that i get to you know have a conversation with him and i appreciate him uh, doing that he is going you know we were talking about the black hole stuff yes. and the fractal universe we were going back and forth on email this week and I asked him a couple of different questions and whatever. He's going to answer me this weekend. So maybe we'll bring that to the show next week. Oh, that'd be awesome. A little more detailed about that stuff, which is really cool. Um, oh, then I also had a note that says we're going to stream on YouTube. But <laughs> you did that already. We already did that. Uh, oh, by the way. Yeah, I forgot. Buried the lead. We're going to do a crazy in-depth uh, recap of last night's Republican debate. Oh, you can't bury that. No, I know. I, I can't believe I forgot to mention it. We, we have a lot of good clips. I'll say this. I watched the whole thing. I yes. wrote down my like kind of you know, whatever you want to call it, live blog notes of it. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't, I, I was going to go- Live th- tweeting, right? It, it, it's called live tweeting. Yeah, I was now, live right? tweeting to my computer though. I wasn't yeah, really okay. putting it out into the world because it would just take, you know, too long. But I, I didn't look through the notes. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to, we're just going to go- We're going to go- Straight through. Yeah, we're just going to see, see Boss to goes. the wall? Yeah, it could be an hour. It could be 10 hours. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'd also want to say this. I'd like to yes. close the show with a clip of Rhonda Rousey, who's one of my favorite- uh, people probably on earth she's okay. the women's a uh, bantamweight champion of the mm-hmm. ufc she's 
incredible. If you don't know anything about Ronda Rousey, she's really uh, incredible. This guy, Nick Diaz, who's um, I, I don't even I, we'll get into it a little bit later, but he's a, a UFC fighter and he's an mm-hmm. MMA guy and he tested positive for marijuana. Oh, say it isn't so. And was suspended five years. What? Yeah, he's 32 years old. They suspended him for five years. So essentially they ended for his pot. career for smoking weed. Anderson Silva, who he fought, that's the fight that they uh-huh. both they both failed tests. Anderson Silva is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yes. Had a horrific leg injury, came back, did steroids, uh-huh. got an eight-month suspension. Nick Diaz gets five years for smoking weed. Anderson Silva got eight months for doing steroids, which can really hurt somebody and is a performance enhancing. So drug. Puff Puff Pass got him five years. He didn't pass it. He was just puff, puff, pass out, maybe. Oh, but okay. It doesn't matter. But anyway, we'll get to that at the end because Ronda Rousey um, came to his defense, like made a, a statement about oh, good it. For her. She's she's incredible. Yeah. I, I really love Ronda Rousey. So that, that's something we'll get into at the end of the show. Dude, I'm excited to get into the, the GOP debate stuff. I know. Just hang in there, Samsonites. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, Joey. Yes. Would you like to start with uh, one of your topics? I would. Uh, so my story of the day is there's another doomsday prediction. So now you prediction. have a fuck up of the week and a story of the day. Is that right? And the internet meme and of the week. Is, every, is everything <laughs> you do just has to be a category? It's or a bit. A, it's, it's a, a bit. It's, it's, right, it's a giant on. bit. My yeah. entire life is a giant bit. Yes. Okay. So there's another doomsday prediction between, get this time window, September 15th and September 28th, 2015. This time a South Pole came prophet Efron Rodriguez is preaching that a comet will hit the Earth somewhere near Puerto Rico, causing the eastern United States destruction by earthquakes and uh, tsunamis. Okay. And because this prediction has gone viral, NASA has had to come out and publicly declare that there was, in fact, no comet going to be approaching Earth at this given time. Right, because NASA has the ability to look out there and be like, nope, coast is clear. We're good. But this guy believes that comet what is just going to appear yeah it's going to come and hit us all right so the exact quote that i found was nasa knows of no asteroid comet currently on the collision course with earth so the probability of a major collision is quite small sure yeah in fact as best as we can tell no large object is likely to strike earth anytime given in the next several hundred years oh perfect so we're we're fine we're going to be fine. I want to say this. Yes. Uh, last time I brought, uh, I think Andy brought up Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, which is a great podcast we have on the network. It's really one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. let's do with uh, Dave, Tim, and Mike Cannon. Uh, I think, th- I feel like they brought up something like this uh, recently. Oh, okay. They're saying uh, September, some some event might be happening. Yes. I'm not, I, I don't know, but I'm saying you listen to Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. They, I think they probably talked about this a little more in depth. Because um, last time I brought it up, I think people kind of were like, don't criticize the rabbit I just don't buy into a lot of the conspiracies yeah. that they talk about, but I love the show and I love those guys. They're they're great. Yeah. So, uh, Reverend Ephron here, Rodriguez, apparently made his projection actor getting a message from God because yeah. you know that's what you do. Well, him and Kim Davis. Yeah. So here are some excerpts from the. Uh, oh wow! You really went into. Yeah. This. Yes, I did. All right. Please continue. Okay. They pass laws allowing the number of murdered innocent unborn babies. Priests offer newborn babies, men, women, and animals in satanic sacrifice. Fashion shows at the Church of Prosperity, adultery, fornication, and all kinds of sign in the churches. Wait, wait, wait. So they're saying this is going to happen because of the comet hitting? No, no, no. This is causing the comet to hit. What church is sacrificing babies? I don't know. I I took episodes. I, I read through it, and I found some... 
tidbits I enjoy. I, I think Subway is hardly a church. I don't think you could really consider <laughs> it that. And he's not killing them. He's just sleeping with them. In China, cannibals eat babies. In South America, human flesh is sowed. In Oklahoma, a satanic statue depicting children praying side by side to a monster from hell <laughs> and lobbying for authorization for it to be placed there. All right. Now, well, obviously, if a comet's going to hit the earth, right. there's going to be some aftermath. So here are some following of the aftermath. All right. The impact of the asteroid would be identical to a nuclear explosion. Sure, yeah. Yes. The giant wave would greatly affect the Caribbean, Santo Domingo, Haiti, Jamaica, Cuba, and all the islands. Where are they saying it's going to hit? It's going to hit near Puerto Rico. Oh, the U.S. territory. Yes. There would be millions dead that night. The wave would be arriving in at Miami at 5 a.m. Wow, and it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be a huge deal. All right. Mexico is going to be shot. I mean, I'm not hearing any problems yet. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Trump's like, I made that comment. <laughs> Fuck the Mexicans. So uh, they have a whole page and all that if you want right. to go well, check no, it out. You guys don't need to do I mean, look, if you want to check it out, feel free to go do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't, th- you know, it doesn't sound realistic. And I'm just going to end with this as always because it's nice when everything comes for a circle. Right. The Lord promised Abraham that the just and the wicked would not die together. The same promise applies to us if we hold to our Lord and Master Jesus with our heart and our behavior. May the Lord keep you under the shadow of his wings. Amen. So this guy... This is how is, he ended it. He's a born-again kind of guy. He's, 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 feels he's, like He's it. a Jesus guy. Yeah, he's definitely a Jesus guy. All right. Well, that I mean, now it's all... Now it's come full circle. Now yes. I get it. All right. Well, whatever. So we'll see what happens. So so this could be our last episode. Is that what you're saying? Wait, yes. Wait, wait, wait what is today? The 17th recording... So, oh, yeah, so we won't be able to do another episode because the 23rd. Yeah, oh, no, you're saying to the 25th. Until the exact time window is until the 28th. Actually. Oh, so we'll be able to get at least, hopefully at least one more yeah, episode yeah, yeah, in Yeah, one more show happens. in. All right, so we'll definitely be here next week. I mean, <clears throat> fingers crossed. Uh, all right, you good with that? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Very, very good. Stay on top of it. I want to know, here's the thing. When I the world's going to end? No, I want to <laughs> know what he says when the world doesn't end. Okay, Stay done. Stay on top of that. I will. Because he's pretty positive that this is going to happen right? yes it's it's gone viral so all right so times. on the 29th i want to know what it, what what his excuses okay the lunar, the, oh the stars are a little misaligned uh i know what the excuse is already what jesus forgave us oh nah that's not gonna be it because then his whole shtick is done then he's you know he's got to keep saying the world's gonna end oh okay all right fine stay on top of that though i'm counting on you to will do to, i want his response when the world does not end uh guys here's the quick hits Honestly, a few of them are like really quick. Then we're going to get into like these two, uh, you know, kind of meteor ones. And then we're going to dive deep into this Republican debate. It's going to be exciting. Nice. Larry Lessig, the guy that we've talked about a number of times on the podcast, is officially running for president. Oh, he got the million? He reached his $1 million fundraising goal uh, by Labor Day. I think he was trying to do it. And so now he is running for office. I've been thinking about it. Here's the here's the thing. Okay. I like Larry Lessig's idea. We've talked about it, his referendum presidency, where he would resign once he got the one goal accomplished, taking money out of politics. Yes. Great. I like the concept. I think it's a couple. I think it's I think this is the wrong time to be doing it because Bernie Sanders is in this race. Bernie Sanders is up in a lot of polls in Iowa and New Hampshire and mm-hmm. could actually do some damage here and potentially even become the nominee on the Democratic side. He is embracing that. Like the, Bernie Sanders is for all the ideas that Lessig is, is trying to put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lessig doesn't think that he's doing it to the extent that he needs to, which maybe is, maybe isn't. But it seems kind of like a weird thing to now be opposing or trying to run against Hillary and, and Bernie when Bernie Sanders is is sort of embodying these ideas and could potentially win. 
I don't know. I, I like the idea of it, but I feel like maybe it's the wrong timing. I, I think Larry Stowe thinks that Boney is running a campaign and not going for what's best for the American people. And probably that's why he's still pursuing this. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's what we read, a, whatever, last episode of yeah. the episode before that, where you have the quote about Sanders saying he's not running to govern, he's running to campaign, which is exactly what mm-hmm. you're talking about. I don't know. I mean, it's possible, and I think Lessig has real good intentions. I, I think he really means what he's saying. Uh, but I but I also think Bernie Sanders means what he's saying, and I, I haven't heard Bernie say anything that's uh, just campaign speak. It's uh, he's this guy's lived his whole life this way, Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah. The other thing too is Time just put him on their magazine. Who did uh, Time magazine put has, Bernie on? Yeah, has Bernie yeah, Sanders great. on the cover, and it says "Socialize This America." Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, whatever. So anyway, so I wanted to put that out there with Larry mm-hmm. Les. So he's probably gonna potentially be in the debates we'll see what happens you know no i doubt that well that's his goal i mean he's going to try to get in there and try to push the conversation towards getting money out of politics which again is a crucial i think the most crucial issue but well well, they would have to include him right because if they do polls now that he's running they have to include him in the polls there's only a handful of people running you have uh hillary bernie sanders uh martin o'malley uh uh, why why can't i think of the guy you you can't come up with 15 people like the republicans from rhode island no they don't have 15 people and then larry lessig why can't i think of that guy's name god damn it oh well it doesn't matter but okay so we'll, we'll see what happens but i just wanted to put that out there Next quick story, Freddie Gray, his family is going to receive $6.4 million from the city of Baltimore for the uh, wrongful death of their son, mm-hmm. um, which, good. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a shitload of money. That's great. Uh, doesn't bring him back. No. But I think it's good. You know, that's a nice amount of money. A lot of people are, the police unions are pissed. They're like, this is a crazy amount of money. Well, yeah, but he shouldn't be dead. So he shouldn't be what, dying in police custody. A, right. What's the price of a life? So yeah. let's say $6 million. Fine. Uh, how do you get any thoughts about that? I just want to put that out there because we, you know, we obviously talked about that quite a bit. Uh, I, I do think is a, it is a large sum of money. However, as you said, it doesn't bring the kid back. Right. Um, I think it would be more interesting maybe if they took that money and tried to start a foundation or something that goes around and be like a third party where they make sure that the cops are following procedure, maybe. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, they can do what they want with the money, yeah, but no, I hear you. But I, but I think it's possible. They're probably going to do something like yeah. that, you know, set up some kind of fun. You know, you would assume they're going to yes. do something with it. If they don't, fine. They can do whatever they want with it. But I would think they probably would. Yeah. Um, all right. So I wanted to put that out there. Now, this is like... This story is weird, and we just talked about it a little bit before we started recording. And we kind of you jumped to a different conclusion as to why this thing is happening than I did, which I think is good. We can have a discussion about it. And Evan, I'd like to have you weigh in potentially if you have something to say about it. Black kids and pain medication. This is this is the this is a Vice article that I read. Okay, a new Journal of the American Medical Association study suggests that black children have one-fifth the odds of receiving opioid analgesia than white children, meaning if they go to the hospital and they have a broken leg or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they'll get some kind of codeine, morphine, things like this that are like high-quality pain relievers, Mm -hmm. and white kids will, and the black kids, they'll be giving like aspirin or Mm -hmm. or ibuprofen and things like that. Uh, I I have a quote about it, and then let's get into the discussion because I I want you to say what your – why you think that's happening. According to the study, this is a quote from the study. Our findings suggest that although uh, clinicians may recognize pain equally across racial groups, they may be reacting to the pain differently by treating black patients with non-opioid analgesias, such as ibuprofen, like I said, and acetaminophen, while treating white patients with opioid analgesia for similar pain. More research is needed to understand why such disparities exist. 
you told me what you think the reason is why doctors aren't giving them opioid, you know, yes. based medication. What? What do you? Why? The conclusion I came to was that the doctors think maybe the black children are predisposed to be getting uh, to become addicted to the painkillers, thus they're not going to give them the painkillers. Right, which. Which I guess is, po- I mean, they don't know. The study doesn't no. say why. They just know that this is the case. I, I mean, I guess it, to me, it seems like pain pills or and pills in general is a largely more of a white thing. Like it's, to me, I, I came to the conclusion of potentially if you're talking about, you know, because the study shows an example of a white doctor dealing with a, a black patient who mm-hmm. also happened to be a doctor, but he didn't tell that doctor at the time that he was a doctor. Oh, okay. So once he told him, oh, I'm a doctor, then he started looking at him differently and, and treating him better than he was when he was just looking at him as, as a black patient. To me, it That's almost... That's not cool. No, it's not cool. And to me, it seems like it speaks to the general way that cops are towards black. There's there's this lack of empathy or, or something. This is how I read into it. That if you're a white doctor potentially and you're looking at a black kid that's in the same amount of pain as you would be mm-hmm. it, it's a lack of empathy he's looking at him he's looking at the skin color and he's not feeling the same need to help that person as much as he would if it was a white person sitting there or whatever i'm reading into it but to me that seems like part of the issue with the cops it's like you see the skin color and you audit your brain subconsciously or consciously make some kind of judgment about that type of person. Well, whatever. You you don't have the same feeling towards somebody that looks different to you in certain cases. I'm not saying that's the case with everybody, but that's kind of how I read into it. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough. With this one, I th- see, I, I, I have an issue with that because the doctors take an oath. Right. Well, it's for a human being. So the fact that if it is due to uh, skin color that's fucking unbelievable well they take the oath to do no harm it's not that they're not treating them they are treating them it's well, that they're not they're, treating them well enough well it's they're not managing their pain differently which is a, which is a th- that's what the psychology of it that's really interesting about it it's like you see a young black uh, white kid in pain and they're they're reacting they're going well we need to help this kid not feel pain mm-hmm. they see a, a young black kid and they're like well like that's 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 the difference and I and I don't understand why but again, I think it has to do with um, maybe even an unconscious racial bias that they're not even aware of. But apparently it is it is an issue. Could be. Um, did the study go into any of the socioeconomics of the kids or anything? No, or it just said, uh, well, like it said, it's treating, you know, it's the same th- with the same injury. It's yeah. like, you know. They're, they're just less likely to get the the good pain medication. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. That's about it's it. It's shitty and yeah. it's very strange. And also, I I think you can broaden that to a wider perspective. Why is it that black people are treated differently in society? What, you know, why is it? Why would it, you know, it's, it's something to think about. It's just an yeah. interesting conversation. If you guys have any th- thoughts about that, feel free to email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com or definitely leave a comment in the SoundCloud. I'd be interested to know what uh, people think about that. Got it. That's it. That's it on that. All right. This is a, this is a, to me, I think a bombshell story and crazy. Uh, That's not being reported. I don't know if it's being reported or not because I don't, you know, I don't watch the TV news, but I, I feel like I haven't seen it a lot and yeah. I haven't heard, you know, anybody in clips that I've listened to really talk about it. Uh, th- this is really, well, whatever. Let, let me tell the story and then, and then we'll get into it because this speaks uh, volumes. Yeah, it speaks volumes about like lessons not being learned in our intelligence community. 50 U.S. spies revolt. 
excuse me, re-ISIS reports. Okay. More than 50 U.S. Central Command analysts have formally complained that their reports on ISIS and al-Qaeda in Syria were being altered by senior officials. That's not good. Well, for, okay. Of course, yeah, of course it's not good. It's, it's insane. Yeah, because it's supposed to be intelligence, but if you have people screwing around with intelligence, well, that's a game changer. Uh, yeah. Complaints have alleged that CENTCOM higher-ups change reports to fit the Obama administration public line that the U.S. is winning in Syria against ISIS and al-Qaeda. Mistake. Obama has been briefed on some of the changed reports, meaning when the reports get to his desk, they've already been changed to fit the narrative that the commanders would want Obama to know. So he's making decisions. Does he himself know that they've been altered? Not, well, now he does. Not before this. I don't think so. Oh, shit. This is what's crazy about it. He's making decisions based on information that he's getting from them. He has to trust, you know, CENTCOM. They're changing the information. So he, they're going, yeah, the war's going great. And he's like, okay. So he's not making any changes. Uh, that's, that's, that's very scary. One complaint described the senior CENTCOM official as creating a, quote, Stalinist tone and working environment. Analysts feel like they can't give candid assessments of the situation in Iraq and Syria, possibly because commanders are protecting their career advancement by spinning the reports. This is crazy shit. Former, now listen to this. Do okay. you remember uh, James Clapper? Uh, you talked about him. We've once. talked about him before, dealing with the NSA stuff with Snowden. Okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought a clip of him. Quick, ten Quick. seconds. Okay, put it up. I'll, I'll put a refresher in everybody's mind. Let me say this. Yeah. Meanwhile, Director of National Intelligence James Clapper is said to be speaking with U.S. CENTCOM head Army Major General Stephen Grove nearly every day, which is quote highly, highly unusual. Well, yeah. Wait, so we'll get into it. Okay, I just okay, want to read okay. former intelligence, A former intelligence official saying about Clapper's daily meetings, he has to be careful of the Cheney effect going over to the CIA and how does that affect people. <laughs> this is James Clapper. Uh, hold on, wait. Let me see how long. Okay. Let me get the clip up. This is James Clapper just as a refresher. This was him talking uh, to Ron Wyden about the NSA at the NSA hearings. This is the type of guy he is, and then we can get into it because this really has a lot to do with um, – how Iraq was was a fuck up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, this is James Clapper being talked to by Ron Wyden. That he now for a dozen years, I don't really know what a dossier is through, right? in this context. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question: Does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. It does Wh- not. Which, first of all. A lie. We, we yes. already went over this. That's a lie. Okay. Not wittingly. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> there are cases where they could in- inadvertently perhaps uh, collect, but not, not wittingly. This fucking guy. So Is that, he under oath doing that? Yeah, of course. So he's lying. So uh. we know he's lying. That's James Clapper. So not, not wittingly. Like, oh, uh, you know what? You fucking sneaky fuck. So, so he's talking to somebody you shouldn't be talking to every day. It's not that he shouldn't be talking to him. It's uh-huh. just that it's strange that he's talking to him every day. Okay. He can talk to him. That's fine. But he should not be there all the time. They think that's very weird. I have a quote, uh, like an email from from Clapper. This was like his response to the thing. Okay. He goes, I don't normally weigh in on these. Uh, where is it? I don't normally weigh in on these email trails, but I thought I would in this case. Ackerman's Guardian article is fictional BS. Spencer Ackerman, who's like a very noted... Uh, national intelligence journalist that uh-huh. works for the Guardian and has worked in a lot of different places, wrote the article detailing this stuff. 
so he's Clapper says this is BS. Yeah, once, he's trying to poo-poo what he did. Well, yeah, this guy's a dead. fucking liar. We yeah. know he's a liar. Once or twice a week, as a small part of my prep for Oval Sessions with the president, uh, I touch base with both the CENTCOM you know, commanders just to compare notes. These sessions run no more than 10 minutes. I have never discussed coloring the CENTCOM Intel coloring book. It has been my standard practice in the five years in this job, as it has been for decades, to reach out to people directly and not always depend on the formal, quote, command chain for input. Yeah, why would you? Why, 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 would, you, why would you do that? I, I, I have a question for you. Isn't someone writing an email validating the fact that he's doing something he shouldn't be doing? What? The fact that he has to write an email saying he's not doing anything. Well, right. I normally don't weigh in, but this one actually hit a nerve, so I I figured I should comment on it. Right. Okay. I think that those uh, of you who know me realize whatever flaws I have, politicizing intelligence isn't one of them. I wouldn't stand for it, nor would the president of the United States, Jim. Uh, I don't believe him. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And this is this is the uh, thing I wanted to bring up. L- let me just take a quick look. By the way, mm-hmm. we'll get into that. This is the thing. Clapper is. S- Apparently, uh, this is all you know, kind of up in the air. They're going to do some investigation into it. Mm-hmm. He's apparently talking to this General Grove, who is creating a culture within CENTCOM where the analysts feel like they can't put out the proper information. Now, obviously, that would lead to big problems when determining what you want to do in the battlefield against absolutely Al Qaeda. It's either maliciously done because he wants Obama to look bad right near an election time that something can go bad, or it's just personally he's trying to cover things up or he's telling the generals, look, it's okay if you you know, kind of kind of shield the information to make yourselves look better. Those are the two options. That's not the point of intelligence. No, of course not. And and a lot of the reason why these guys came out, the, the analysts, I don't know, guys, women, you know, whoever it is, they came out with the complaints because of stuff like, Iraq, the Iraq war, where intelligence was manipulated and people were being told to say different things when it wasn't really the case. And that's what led us to war. This is the kind of the other way around where maybe we do need to be uh, escalating militarily or whatever, but they're not getting the proper information. This is extremely dangerous, but good for these analysts who learned lessons from 9-11 and going into Iraq. They, good, yeah. You have to put this information out there. Absolutely. I, I'm shocked that it's uh, it took them that long to figure it out because some of the reports date back a couple of years, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they, they've been probably, you know, it took them a little while to realize that their stuff was being manipulated, yeah. of course. But that's extremely dangerous. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. it also came out, this is like a real mess. Uh, it also came out on Wednesday that the U.S. has spent $500 million training Syrian forces to battle ISIS. Uh-huh. And according to General Lloyd Austin, who is overseeing the war effort, we're talking, quote, mm-hmm. we're talking four or five fighters ready to go. You're fucking me. $500 million, uh-huh. four or five Syrian fighters are ready to go. Are they like people in robot suits or something? No, nope, they're not Iron special? Man. No, they have nothing special going on whatsoever. So we're talking about like rhesus type shit. Re- excuse me recess type shit i i guess i don't really know what that means but you know like uh, the kids go to recess uh-huh. yeah i know what recess is yeah yeah, yeah it's your just, analogy okay the, it's, it's ridiculous it is certainly ridiculous yeah so you're I, gonna like you're going to war you have 500 million dollars and you decide to train five fucking people well no they were trying their goal was to get two thousand people trained they trained fucking four like he said <laughs> we're talking four or five like how dare you? At least say 20. Say something. You could something. do that in 15 minutes. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> seem possible that you wouldn't be. But so this this is speaking volumes because here's the thing. Obama yeah. is, we'll see, but it seems like he's in the dark 
about a lot of this shit. They're, he's relying on the reports he's getting, trusting that not a the intelligence is real, but they're not. And we'll see is there's, if there's an investigation. Maybe he does know, and he, you know, like it, this could be a real serious situation. Yes. So. Uh, I wanted to put that out there because this seems really ter- like that's scary that these people and this this is what I'm always talking about. These fucking ghouls that work in the intelligence agency where we don't elect these people. We don't have any say over what they're doing. They're the ones that are really making policy like Obama gets to a point where he can decide yes or no. Or yeah, but if the facts is getting all options. wrong, it's pointless. Right. And these are people we don't have any. So we this is not really a democracy in, in that sense. And it's obviously not because of you know the influence of money and stuff like that but these people are making decisions that we have no influence over whatsoever and we only have to trust them that's it also they get to stay around for years and years and years because there's only a handful of people that can really do these jobs it's it's all related on experience so you can't just like get a new administration and wipe them out you have to keep people on for decades because they're the only ones that know how to do the job uh it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like a fun tv show (laughs) get to know the people in the shadows Oh, that would have been a good title, but we already have a title preordained okay. for this episode. I'm it's all right. Very good job, Joey. Uh, all right, so I want to put that out there. I'm going to stay on top of that because that's fucking crazy. And I'd love to see James Clapper go to prison, but he won't. He's not going to go to prison. Uh, the Iran deal, this is quick. Let's do this because we're, Jesus, we're, we're a half hour in already. My God, Joey. It's all right. We got the time. No, I think it's going to be fine. I'm really excited about it. But I, I was worried last night. I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to have enough stuff. No, we got plenty. We're going to be great. Uh, the Iran deal, Colin Powell. Uh-huh. Uh, very well respected, I guess, person on the right who they used to respect, but now they don't like him because he agrees with Obama about certain things. So he's they threw of him under the bus at one point. Persona non grata. Yeah, well, they threw Colin Powell into the bus with creating the the, the reasons war, to go right? to war in yeah, Iraq. Yeah. He was the one at the UN making the case. But meanwhile, got to believe Colin Powell didn't know what the full story of what was going on there. He had to trust them also. Uh, this is Colin Powell discussing the Iran deal. This is a quick clip on mm-hmm. Meet the Press. I want to just play this. Something about the Pope and then Dick Cheney and his idiot daughter, Liz, were on fucking They're Fox. back again? They were on Fox News. Yeah, they're doing their media tour for their book. They were ah. on Fox News again. Uh, Chris Wallace kind of like derailed their story a little bit. Oh, nice. So we'll, we'll play that clip in a minute and then we can get to the uh, GOP debate, which I'm very excited about. This is Colin Powell discussing the Iran deal on Meet the Press. Right with Iran. Is this a good deal? I think it is a good deal. I've studied very carefully the outline of the deal and what's in that deal. And I've also carefully looked at the opposition to the deal. And my judgment after balancing those two sets of information is that it's a pretty good deal. Now, I know that there are objections to it, but here's why I think it's a good deal. One of the great concerns that the opposition has that uh, we are leaving open a lane for the Iranians to go back to creating a nuclear weapon in 10 or 15 years. But we're forgetting the reality that they have been on a superhighway for the last 10 years to create a nuclear weapon or a nuclear weapons program uh, with no speed limit. And in the last 10 years, they've gone from 136 centrifuges up to something like 19,000 centrifuges. This agreement will bring them down to 5,000 centrifuges. All of these will be under IAEA supervision. And I think this is a good outcome. The other thing I've noticed is that they had a a stockpile of something in the neighborhood of 12,000 kilograms of uranium. This deal will bring it down to 300 kilograms. I mean, kilograms. And it's a remarkable reduction. And I'm amazed that they would do this. (laughs) See, now, so it's interesting when you hear somebody that knows what he's talking about Mm -hmm. is not a biased guy. I mean, this guy's a Republican. 
He's been in the military. He's yes. he's looking at the deal. He's going, yeah, it's it's the real deal. He's not attacking it the way that you know whatever real far right Republicans would be doing. But then they look at Colin Powell. And they go, well, you know, we don't really agree with Colin Powell. Yeah, of course, because you, you never he got hit by a bus. You can't agree. Colin with Colin Powell didn't get hit by a bus. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. All right, Colin, continue, please. They have done it, and with respect to their plutonium effort, the uh, plutonium reactor at Iraq, which is now starting to operate, uh, it's going to be shut down uh, except for minor parts of it. And uh, concrete will be poured into the reactor uh, core vessel. And so these are remarkable changes. And so we have stopped this highway race that they were going down. And I think that's very, very important. Now, will they comply with it? Will they, will they actually do all of this? Well, they get nothing until they show compliance. And that's the important part of the, of the, uh, of the arrangement. All right, so there you go. I mean, breaking it down in very clear, simple terms, Colin Powell thinks it's reasonable. This is mm-hmm. a guy that's been a longtime uh, conservative, and yeah. that's it. He's just not crazy, and he's like, yeah, that is what's happening. He, he has, you know, he, he's being honest about it, yeah. so I think that was important to show. The uh, the Pope, Pope Francis, who we love, yes, uh, made a statement through his uh, foreign minister, uh, Archbishop Paul Gallagher. I just want to read that real quick. Okay. Then we'll get to the Cheney clip. We hope that the full implementation of the nuclear deal will ensure the peaceful nature of Iran's nuclear program under the Non-Proliferation Treaty and will be a definitive step toward greater stability and security in the region. The way to resolve disputes and difficulties should always be that of dialogue and negotiation. I agree. He goes on to say, just as wealthy nations have incurred an, a, quote, ecological debt that demands more from them in addressing the environmental crisis, nuclear weapon states have incurred a nuclear debt. Because of the risks their nuclear arsenals pose to the world, nuclear weapon states bear a heavy moral burden to ensure that their nuclear weapons are never used and to reduce their stocks substantially while taking the lead in negotiating a nuclear ban. So very good. We've been impressed all along with the way that this pope uh, particularly is engaged with the world, engaged yes. with politics, and really understands this situation. Engaged with the world is, is very is, is important because I felt like the last few popes kind of were a little bit distant from what was actually going on. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, if you're you know in the Catholic religion and Christianity, the Pope is God's intercessor on Earth. I mean, he literally is like God's pipeline to Earth. So yeah, if the, if, if he's not tuned into what's going on on Earth, then he's not really doing his job correctly. And I feel like Pope Francis certainly is doing that job correctly and i'm glad he you know put statements like that out there i also like how he always ties it to climate change the guy's really uh yes he's very shrewd this guy he's very good politically uh you know and using the media oh are you gonna go see him next week or is it this week you know i'm not gonna go see him okay. uh i wish him well i hope he has a great time while he's in philadelphia or wherever <laughs> he's gonna be and uh you know i hope nobody like takes a shot at him or anything cause oh he's good. you didn't what? What you am I doing? Put it out it? there. It's, I'm, it's out there. He travels around in a bulletproof car. <laughs> what do you? People know what's going on. I, I think he'll be fine. All right. This is Dick and Liz Cheney on, uh, I guess, Fox Sunday, whatever, with Chris Wallace. Two minutes. Just watch. Wa- We're going to wa- watch it. Watch this. Hold on. I, I got to cue it up. Two minutes and 27 seconds. All right. Here we go. Obama never put a serious nuclear option on the table, but you and President Bush, the Bush-Cheney administration, dealt with Iran for eight years, and I think it's fair to say that there was never any real serious military threat. And during your time, let's put these numbers up on the screen, Iran went from zero known centrifuges in operation to more than 5,000. So, in fairness, didn't you leave, the Bush-Cheney administration, leave President Obama with a mess? 
Whoa. Wow. Whoa. What that's the f- a hard-hitting question. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring this. This wow. was on Fox? This is on Fox News Sunday, yeah. Maybe Wallace just has a personal vendetta against Dick. He's just not a g- total goofball. He he can't look at it and, and just obscure the fit. Like, great question. Let's see how Dick and Liz Cheney respond to numbers, yes. dates, and real facts. Yeah, facts. Let's, let's see what they have to say about it. Because it's indisputable. It's zero in 2007, 5,000 plus in 2009, that's when Bush had control yes. of the White House. So please explain. Well, I don't think uh, think of it that way. How do you not? What do you mean you don't <laughs> think of it that way? You son of a bitch. This is I fucking hate this guy. Are you kidding me? You don't think about what what way? What are you uh, saying? Let him finish. Chris. I don't think. Uh, In fact, uh, there was uh, military action that had an impact on the Iranians. It was when we took down Saddam Hussein. Yeah, the the. <sighs> Every week, I, I can't. Just let uh, Dick finish. No, because he's going to go away after this little media tour, so we <laughs> okay. won't have to deal with it. The impact that the taking Saddam out of Iraq had on Iran was that it strengthened Iran. It gave them the ability to seize on a power vacuum. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it. There was a period of time when they stopped their program because they were afraid that what we did to Saddam, we were going to do to them next. We also, that, when we took down Saddam, uh, Mark Gaddafi surrendered up his nuclear program. When we got that, then we went and got his supplier, Mr. A.Q. Khan. We did a lot to limit nuclear. Do you think he lives on lies? Like the more lives he says, the stronger he gets? Yes, for sure. Yeah, the, he yes, Dick Cheney does. His fuel is lies. Yes, for sure. The more he goes on like message board, he goes on like Yahoo Answers where people ask a question and like, can I, is it? Cool to wash a bowling. This is a real one that I read. Is it cool to wash a bowling ball in a dishwasher? And somebody answered. <laughs> somebody answered yes, as long as you keep the holes down. <laughs> so Dick Cheney just goes on Yahoo Answers and reads the, the <laughs> and nonsense lies, and he's, he gains strength. Yes, absolutely, Joe. Proliferation in the region while we were there, but the centrifuges went from zero to five thousand. Well, they may well have gone, but that happened on Obama's watch, not on our watch. No, no, no. By two thousand nine, they were at five thousand. Right, but I, I think yeah. he, just, he just goes right. right. Well, but you know, mama, <laughs> but that's not true. Even though it is, is that crazy? Is it yes. like that amazing? All right, there, hold on. There's like one one minute left in this. Let, let, let Dick finish, please. Yeah, we did uh, a lot to deal with the uh, arms control problem in the Middle East. We signed <laughs> on with the. Uh, 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 there's uh, there's Liz Cheney. We just have to show a shot of them, making sure that she's still breathing. She's there. No friends and allies uh, and the Europeans and started the negotiations process. So uh, what we did not do uh, is what Obama did. What? He never had the military option on the table. He talked about it. He said it like 80 times. I mean, he said it so many times, like the military option is never off the table. Yeah, ne- no. Never. I mean, he said that verbatim. He believed but nobody believed him, especially after he waffled on the Syrian deal. Uh, there never was a military option that the Iranians had to worry about. So the situation also involved, he was paying cash to the Iranians to get them just to come to the table. He was making, uh, lifting sanctions just to get them to come to the table. He always dealt from a position of weakness, which I don't think we would have done. Yeah, but what about those centrifuges? Ah, forget it. Then they never happened. Uh, programs underway, which have been reported in the press, uh, uh, about which people can't. Uh, uh, question now. The centrifuge is what now exactly? So it spins the uranium and the plutonium to ma- to get it to a point where it can be enriched to be used for a nuclear weapon. Yeah, but they're not doing it for a nuclear weapon. They're doing it for power, right, I'm assuming? 
What do you mean? Like it's a power oh, plant. Na- now, based on the deal, that's part of the deal where they can only enrich the uranium well, to like, th- let me finish. They sorry. can only enrich the uranium to like 3.67%. You need it to be at like 97% for it to be used for a bomb. They're talking about b- when the centrifuges themselves, the, the machinery mm-hmm. by which you enrich the uranium, when they were built, and they're choosing to ignore the, that answer. You know? oh, okay. All right that had an impact covertly on the Iranian program, according to press reports during the Bush administration, which were leaked during the Obama administration. Yeah. You, you talk, well, you can't talk about Trump, that. I mean, I, I assume you're it. talking about uh, cyber warfare, Stuxnet, things reports. like that. Some of that also happened in the Obama administration as well. <laughs> Chris Wallace, like, really shut them down on that one. I yeah, mean, but, but, but you know what the thing is? It's like, no, nobody cares. No. People that are watching Fox, again, this is a Sunday morning program. It's on in the background. They're eating breakfast. Nobody's paying attention to it. They see Dick and Liz Cheney complaining about Obama. They see centrifuges they're like, that son of a bitch, you know. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention. But, like, good job for Chris Wallace. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll give the guy credit. Yeah. He's like, well, in fairness, no. It, it happened under your administration. And he just goes like, right. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said, he's such a fuck, this guy, right? I really hate Dick Cheney. Yeah, he's evil. He is. He's pure evil. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I am super ready. I've been waiting a while for this. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> We're going to get into the uh, the GOP debate. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be very exciting. I will say what I said. By the way, mm-hmm. last week you brought up that you wanted to do the live stream. You know, we'll be here live, yes. watch the debate, and then kind of talk at commercials or whatever it is afterward. Um I want to do that. We're yes. definitely going to do that. Okay. Wednesdays don't work. There's a little like behind the scenes stuff. We go to Sirius XM to record race wars there. We have to take okay. all the equipment there. So we just fe- fe- feasibly, it, it was not possible to do it on a day when it's possible to do it. We're going to be here and we're definitely going right, to cover a debate for sure. We'll do it for the Democrats, whatever. If it works well, that'd be cool because yeah. we can live stream it. People can chat and you know, be awesome. tweet us and stuff like that. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll definitely be doing that. I watched the debate last night. I had mm-hmm. a DVR and I watched it online. I took my notes, like I said. Again, it's kind of stream of consciousness stuff. I mm-hmm. have not vetted these notes at all. So no so, one's seen them? No, this is just me and you. That's it. Nice. The only ones that know what happened here. Um, so we'll just go through it. I have okay. like some some parts are not clips. Some of them are just little comments that I had to make based on what was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then other there are clips. So some of them are long, some of them are short, whatever. I think there's going to be a lot of fun to get into. I want to toot my own horn as no, much. No, no, no. Okay, question. You want to do the joke, then the clip, or the clip, then the joke? Or uh, are what you do you mean? What the hell are you talking about? Well, I, I'm assuming that you you got a lot of clips going, a lot of jokes going. So are you going to tell us the joke before the clip? Or are you going to do the clip? I don't know. Well, you know what? That's going to be a kind of a play it as it plays as it comes. Okay. Uh, I want to give myself a little credit, mm-hmm. which... You know, I'm not so self-aggrandizing, but I think this is a pretty... Uh, do you want me to pat you on the back? Because I can get up and do that. Yeah, why don't you do that? While, while now, I'm talking... Yeah, yeah, why don't you oh, get okay. up and pat me on the back? That'll be terrific. Uh, I Last week, we were talking about it, or, or two weeks ago when we recorded... Oh, thank you. You know, rub it a little lower. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, if you want to see Joey sexually rub my back, go to youtube.com slash mandatory savage. You can watch the full episodes of this, uh, this podcast on there. Um, last week we were talking, or whatever, last episode mm-hmm. we were talking about what was going to happen on the debate. Well, kind of the strategy and who I thought was going to go after who. Yes. Th- I was, I, I got to say, I was spot on about this situation. This is me talking about what's going to happen. Are you playing you to me right now? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to play a clip from last week. It's a short <laughs> clip. This is me predicting how the debate was going to go. You okay. ready for this? Timestamp? 
Uh, an hour 24.32 from uh, last week's episode, MSP 46, Zero Dark Cheney. Nice this is done. Us, us discussing the, the, the upcoming debate, which we're about to get into. Want them all on stage together. I, I mean, I, to an extent, I agree with you, but w- I want whatever. a six-hour debate. I'd like to see Carly Fiorina go, because here's what I think they're going to do. Yes. They're going to they're gonna put pit Carly Fiorina against Trump. Well, watch. There's mm. gonna be, they're going to ask Trump a question, and yes. then they're going to go... Carl, if you're in a com- you know, you got to yes. comment on that. And they're going to try to get those two to argue because it could be interesting because she's talked tough, you know, tough in yes. that first debate. But she didn't have to go up against the quote, you know, the big boys. So we'll see what happens. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. Uh, all right. This was brought to my attention. You got anything okay. to say about that? No, you think no, no, that's no, good. No. All right. That's good. All right. Yep. So Dead on. you Spot heard on. it. Well, yes. well, hold on. We're going to go through the clips. That was we'll definitely me. Was right. You called that? No, no, no. I mean, the... The two voices. That was definitely us. Oh, that 100%. Yeah, that was not yeah, altered. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. not doctored. Uh, so anyway, so that's a, that's what I had to say about it last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago. And uh, I think it kind of came to fruition. Yes. So the first clip I have now, well, whatever. Okay. This is the first clip I have. Marco Rubio, they're doing like their little like opening statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rubio tried to make a joke <laughs> that just i think bombed so so horribly awkward it made me uncomfortable so i wanted to play that just uh, okay. as like a little like warm-up clip D- years ago rubio gave the response the republican response to the state of the union address and he was parched noticeably parched yes and in the middle of his speech or his response he mm-hmm. he got like flustered and he reached for a glass of water awkwardly and was like like drank it and like it was just very uncomfortable so yes. he makes it he tries to make a joke about that with his opening remark so let's listen to his opening remark and we'll see him uh we'll see we'll see if this hits you tell me if you think it hits jay thank you my name is marco rubio i'm from florida my wife Jeanette and i are the proud parent we've been married 17 years and we're the proud parents of four children two of whom were able to join us here this evening i'm honored to be here at the reagan library at a place that honors the legacy of a man who inspired not just my interest in public service, but also our love for country. And I'm also aware of that California has a drought, and so that's why I made sure I brought my own water. <laughs> not funny. Boo! <laughs> really, California is having a horrible time and he tries to make light of a situation. That's true too, Joe. In front of 25 million people. Unbelievable. You're absolutely Next right. Next clip. You're a real man of the people. Whoa, relax, boss. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that, the, the, the silence in the crowd was just uh, really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was definitely a mistake. Uh, eight minutes and 58 seconds into this thing. This is yes. if people want to play along. I, you don't have to. Just, I got it, trust me. Uh, they immediately validate what I was saying. They go to Fiorina about Trump's... Eight minutes e- in, you said? A, yeah. That's pretty good. It's the first question that, they asked. the first question. First question they asked. They immediately go to Fiorina about Trump's leadership abilities. And would you want him with the, quote, nuclear codes? Trump responds, attacks Rand Paul, because he hates <laughs> Rand Paul. Rand Paul responds, and then Trump bashes him on his looks, which is a pretty good retort. This is like a three-minute clip, so let's just let it go, and then we can stop okay. it if, if need be. So... Here we go. This is our uh, second clip. Arena, I want to start with you. Fellow Republican candidate and Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal has suggested that your party's frontrunner, Mr. Donald Trump, would be dangerous as president. He said he wouldn't want, quote, such a hothead with his finger on the nuclear codes. You as well have raised concerns about Mr. Trump's temperament. You've dismissed him as an... Did I call it? I mean, I'm so happy with myself uh, watching this because they keep going back to this well. They want... The Republicans would love it if Fiorina 
went up in the polls, which I think she will. this performance, I think really she did a really nice she job. She deserves to. Trump backed down from her on a number of occasions, which we're going to get into. Uh, and it's good TV, but I knew that they were going to do this. Well, if you're Donald Trump, uh, women voters are a very interesting uh, demographic. He's got to sure. be careful with what he says and how he says Don't it. Don't give away the farm. We're going to get to it, but you're know, absolutely right. It's a very I'm, astute I'm observation. Speaking, you know. Yeah, no, okay, I know what you're doing. You're putting it out there. All right, uh, yeah. Miss Fiorina, please continue. Entertainer, would you feel comfortable... Oh, I, hate, I hate Jake Tapper. All right. ...with Donald Trump's <laughs> finger on the nuclear codes. I think I've said that before. <laughs> you know, I think Mr. Trump is a wonderful entertainer. He's been terrific at that business. I also think that one of the benefits of a presidential campaign is the character and capability, judgment and temperament of every single one of us. Uh, yeah, by the way, not all of them are going to be this long, but this is just like a good, you know, kind of gives you a feel for the debate. Would just, just play the clip. <laughs> okay. Is revealed over time and under pressure. All of us will be revealed over time and under pressure. I look forward to a long race. You didn't answer my question. Would you feel comfortable with Donald Trump's finger on the nuclear codes? It's an issue that one of your fellow candidates has raised. That's not for me to answer. It is for the voters of this country to answer. And I have a lot of faith in the common sense and good judgment of the voters of the United States of America. Mr. Trump? Well, First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. Anyway. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? He continues throughout this three hours to just bash Rand Paul. I don't know why he hates him now, so much. Now, do, do you it's have... It's kind of hilarious. Do, 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 do you happen to have Rand Paul's uh, response to him about the non-sequitur thing or no? Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, in it's, here. It's, 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 this is like okay. a longer clip. This is like one of the longer clips because oh, okay. it's it's just a funny, like, there's no way to break it up. It just doesn't make Don't sense. Don't be hurting somebody for getting 1%. At he least just, you got 1%. He just loves humiliating Rand Paul. <laughs> Later, he fucking bashes him. It I doesn't know, make any great. sense. As far as temperament, and we all know that. Meanwhile, that's bad temper. Like, he's talking about temperament. He he, he, he viciously, fun, attacks yeah, he viciously attacks a guy for no reason. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a wonderful temperament. As far as temperament, I think I have a great temperament. I built a phenomenal business with incredible iconic assets uh one of the really truly great real estate businesses and i may be an entertainer because i've had tremendous success with number one bestsellers all over the place with the apprentice <laughs> and everything else i've done but i will uh, tell you this what i am far and away greater than an entertainer is a businessman and that's the kind of mindset this country needs to bring it back because we owe 19 trillion right now 19 trillion dollars and you need this kind of thinking to bring our country back. And believe me, my temperament is very good, very calm, but we will be respected outside of this country. We are not respected now. Mr. Oh, I love that people clap for that. It's just such a crazy answer. I have a question for you. Yes, Joe? Do you think people would respect the Republicans more or less that they have a giant airplane just sitting in the back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's in their minds. They can imagine that that's Ronald Reagan's penis. It's <laughs> is that what it is? It's a giant phallic symbol showing strength at the reagan library yeah that's what i think it is sure see because the way i would do it to show strength i will put everyone behind a green screen and put the american flag up very simple yeah you very can do classy that. no but instead we have a giant penis on stage <laughs> yeah yeah okay well you said it best senator paul your name has been invoked 
I kind of have to laugh when I think, of, hmm, sounds like a non sequitur. He was asked whether or not he would be capable. No, you son of a bitch, you remember to use the phrase yes. non sequitur. <laughs> you don't even know what that means. <laughs> and it would be in good hands to be in charge of the nuclear weapons, and all of a sudden there's a sideways attack at me. Right. I think that really goes to really the judgment. Do we want someone with that kind of character, yes. that kind of careless language, to be negotiating with Putin? Do we want someone like that to be negotiating with Iran? I think really there's a sophomore quality that is entertaining about Mr. Trump, but I am worried. I'm very concerned about him having him in charge of the nuclear weapons because I think his response. Which, by the way, that seems like sort of a just kind of like a, a, a figure of speech. Like, have, no, he'd literally have the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something you really have to consider. Like, this guy would be in gun to your head. Yes. Who, do you want Donald Trump? With the nuclear codes. Do you really want that? People on the right I'm talking to. Like, really do you? Would you really rather have Trump have it than Jeb Bush? Or any of them? I mean, Ted Cruz I probably wouldn't want. Huckabee. Huckabee? But but I'm saying (laughs) Huckabee's a a lunatic. I have some good Huckabee clips (laughs) too. Oh my God. But like, really, that's, that's legit. That, right? I mean, well, maybe it's time to change the job description of the president of the United States. Crazy thought. What do you want to change the job description to? Uh, maybe we should have like co-president, co-co, like a vice president, or maybe somebody else. Yeah, we show. already have a vice president. Yeah, it's called but, the vice okay. president. So maybe we what should. What is wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> no, you're cut off. All right, here we go. His, his visceral response to attack people on their appearance, short, tall, fat, ugly. My goodness, that happened in junior high. Are we not way above that? Would we not all be worried to have someone like that in charge of the nuclear arsenal? Jake, the, Mr. Trump. I never attacked him on his look. And believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. <laughs> I, I just want to say he's a, he's a good looking guy. That's, Rand Paul, uh, he ah, he's got that weird pubie hair, but he's all right. Look, uh, well, it's <laughs> crazy because Trump is going to criticize other people's looks. He looks like a psycho. But yes. Anyway, but that's that's Trump. That's his appeal. I mean, that like he turned it on him real quick. It's very it's very funny. But, but he's not he should not be president. But I, I just want to say good job for Paul saying, hey, guys, this isn't high school anymore. Let's get to some real issues. So maybe they should get to some real issues. Okay, we're about to watch a clip. Uh, okay. That's a pretty good lead-in. Are you reading my notes? I don't because know how to read. Doing a, I know you don't. Uh, Scott Walker, who I, I just find repugnant, that guy. Scott Walker tries to make the debate about, quote, issues. As it And then be. I wrote the following line. Trump fists him hard in response. And, and I believe I have those skills. Jake, this is... This is... This but is, this I is have actually to say, what's wrong. This is what's wrong with this debate. We're not talking about real issues. And, and Mr. Trump, we don't need an apprentice in the White House. We don't need an apprentice in the White House. We have one right now. Wow, good Whoa. one. He, a lot of these guys come out with these fucking lines that that seem off the cuff, but obviously some the goof, pre-written. Yes, yeah, some goofball wrote them. That's yes. why Trump's. That's that's why he's good at this because he doesn't have any shit written down. No. Trump doesn't have any notes. He's just sitting there and he's like, "I'm going to make fun of your hair." Like he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't bother him. But anyway, all right, Scott Walker, come on, this guy's accent is infuriating too. <laughs> he told us all the things we wanted to hear back in 2008. We don't know who you are or where you're going. We need someone who can actually get the job done. And you talked about business. Well, in Wisconsin, you, you talk, let me finish. excuse no, me. No, 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 we talk about in this. In Wisconsin, no. you're losing $2.2 billion right now. You're, you're using I the would talking, do so much better than Mr. that. Mr. Trump, you're using the talking points of the Democrats. Oh. And as we all know, no, that I'm using facts. three times in four and a half years when I get elected. What? Good. This is about to get good, so I don't yeah, want you to I, interrupt well, I, well, let me try to bring it down for a second. If somebody's using facts 
And the Democrats happen to use those same facts. Is that talking points? Right. Well, Donald Trump, I think, is about to make a point similar to what you just suggested there. Okay. Because it is working. We balanced the budget. You want to talk about balanced budgets? You took four major projects into bankruptcy over and over and over again. You can't take America into bankruptcy. That's what's wrong with the politicians in Washington right now. They think we can take a country into bankruptcy. Every major business leader has used the bank. I never went bankrupt, by the way, as you know, everybody knows. But we out of hundreds of companies, hundreds of deals, I've used the law four times, made a tremendous thing. I'm in business. I, made, I did a very good job. But I will say this, and people are very, very impressed with what I've done to business people. But when the folks of Iowa found out the true facts of the job that you've done in Wisconsin, all of a sudden, YouTube, he was number one. Now he's number six or seven in the poll. So look, we brought it out. You were supposed to make a billion dollars in the state. You lost 2.2. You have right now a huge budget deficit. That's not a Democratic point. That's a point. That's a fact. And when the people of Iowa found that out, I went to number one, and you went down the tubes. Governor take, Walker? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take this out. Because this is an issue that's important in this race. Just because he says it doesn't make it true. The facts are the facts. We bounced at 3.6. All right, shut up. And then he yes. keeps going on. Trump, I think, turned that on him really well. So Because they're all going to try to attack Trump now. Yes. Because they have to. What are they going to do? This is going way longer than they fucking anybody anticipated, I think. They need to go after this guy. And the only one, I think, that scored any kind of point against Trump was Carly Fiorini last Yes. Uh, so as of now, if I'm keeping toll, I'm saying that the only one who really lost last night was Mr. Walker here. Yeah, I got. I tend to agree with you. I, I think we talked about it a little bit before the show. It's hard for me to potentially pick a winner. I mean, there's too many people to pick a winner. They all had kind of like certain moments where they were okay. Yeah. Fiorina probably is up there. Yes. I think Bush looked okay. Mm, uh, no. Carson was okay. Trump had his moments, but he, he also had moments where it's like, oh, my God, this guy's horrifying. But, yeah, Walker probably, uh, of people that potentially could get the nomination, really had a kind of a rough night. He didn't really have anything to say. Well, it didn't stand out. Yeah. Your buddy Christie, I have a couple of clips of him. He stood up, he's baby. A, he's a goofball, and he's he not going to win. But, uh, you know, I have a, what does that mean? He stood up. He stood up. Yeah, fine. It took him. His six, closing speech yeah, was great. Him, he had the best closing. He stood up. It took him two and a half hours, and then he stood there for three <laughs> hours, and then, and then he just collapsed later. You're better than fat jokes, buddy. You're better than fat jokes. <laughs> Uh, Fiorina gives a strong statement about why, quote, outsiders are leading. And I, I bring the Fiorina clips because I really believe that she's going to be somebody that's going to be up near the top of this race when when all is said and done. Uh, this is why. It's answers like this. I have a question for you. Ah, uh, Joey, can I just say this? Yeah. I, I like that you're engaged. You can ask the question, but we shouldn't. Do we're going to be here for four hours. So honestly. we're here for four hours. I, originally, if you listened to me earlier, I said six hours. Six hour debate. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, did. you did call. Okay. All right, good. Uh, how more interesting would it have been if Carly Fiorina? I can't even pronounce a goddamn name. If Carly, if you can't say Fiorina, you Fiorina. don't get to ask the question. No, say it. If Carly Fiorina uh-huh. was back there in two thousand twelve, no, wait, 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 wait. wait no, no, time out a second. What? When you go to say Carly Fiorina, Evan, uh-huh. you have to say Fiorina. So when he says Carly, you have to say Fiorina for him. Okay, so Carly Fiorina. What if she was the one instead of Sarah Palin? McCain uh, and her, I feel, would have won the presidency. For sure. It makes a big difference. I mean, any 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 reasonably intelligent Republican woman would have been better than Sarah Palin. So, That's for sure. Ball. But so I think where Fiorina, was she four years ago? She, I guess she was at HP or doing whatever. Oh. She, she's had a couple of failed runs for other offices. Oh, okay. She's not... Don't make any mistake about it. I don't think she's great. I don't think she's 
her ideas she's are the good, best they have to but offer. she appears strong yes. which there's a, a number of clips that we're gonna play where she comes across strong like the one i'm about to play and i, and I think she's gonna resonate with people on the right all of this is coming from that point of view the way that i'm analyzing and i'm not mm-hmm. analyzing it as somebody that's like oh ben carson really made a strong point there he didn't you know it, it's just if i was voting for them if i yes. was an, had a dog in the race this is what i would think about it that's kind of how i'm analyzing it all right so this is carly fiorina giving a strong statement about why quote outsiders are leading thank you dr see, carson see Jake, it wasn't me <laughs> jake <laughs> i'll tell, you, sure I'll tell you why people are supporting outsiders it's because you know what happens if someone's been in the system their whole life They don't know how broken the system is. A fish swims in water. It doesn't know it's water. It's not that politicians are bad people. It's that they've been in that system forever. The truth is 75% of the American people think the government is corrupt. 82% of the American people think these problems that have festered for 50 years in some cases, 25 years and in other cases, the border's been insecure for 25 years. 307,000 veterans have died waiting for health care. These things have gone on for so long because no one will challenge the status quo. You know what a leader does? They challenge the status quo, they solve problems that have festered for a long time, and they produce results. That is what my whole life has been about. People know this is about far more than replacing a D with an R. This is about changing the system. Thank you. Thank you. See, like she comes across, never stunners, really yeah. very well prepared. And I think, you know, she talks tough, which is, I think, what people really respond to on the right. If I had to say, I feel that she she was holding that speech. Yeah, for sure. She yeah. she definitely has some rehearsed lines that she, but she delivers them in a way oh, that fantastic. doesn't feel like yes. she's, you know, she's able to pull it off. Uh, all right. 21 minutes 45 seconds into this debate mm-hmm. jeb and trump go at it uh, as they should jeb looks silly these are according to my notes this should be a waking nightmare for republicans like because jeb bush i still believe is going to be the nominee no way in hell right. he just admitted on live television that he smoked pot 40 years so ago what all of them do obama with the pacalolo smoke <laughs> and the fucking choom gang and all that shit he's talked about it obama probably still smokes a little weed once in a while uh the so anyway, so yeah. this is a Jeb and Trump go at it, and I, I I think it's a nightmare for them because it really should because he's making the guy Trump is making the guy that is going to be the nominee in my opinion or a potential not a legitimate yes. potential nominee a fool look bad yes. I mean really bad makes him look weak and all you have to do is play these clips later on and you know how to go after these guys it's really bad you know what too the way Trump makes Jeb looks he looks like a court jester who right? does who looks like a court jester? Jed Jeb Jeb to me, Jeb looks like a car jester the, the way Trump gets him all wired up all the time. Yeah, he he does it, but it makes him look it makes him look like a politician. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, look- you're high energy. Wow, that's no, Joey. Come on, you see what okay, you did? You fucking quiet. blew the load. Are you serious, Joey? Don't say what's going to be in the clips. Okay, fine. It's embarrassing. What you think? No one watched this. I don't know whether they did or not, but they like our insightful commentary. Okay, about okay, it. Let's it. let it play it, out first. It won't happen again. Carl, say it. Carly. Fiorina. Fiorina. Okay. You <laughs> see. The one guy that had some special interests that I know of that tried to get me to change my views on something that was generous and gave me money was Donald Trump. He wanted casino gambling in Florida. I didn't want it. Yes, you did. Totally false. You wanted it and you, you didn't get to, it I because I was it. opposed to casino gambling I, I before, promise I during, and after. And that's not, I'm not going to be bought by I anybody. I promise if I wanted it, I would have gotten it. No way, Ben. Believe me. No. Nope. I know my not people. Not even possible. I know my people. <laughs> 
Is there anything else you want to say about no, this? No, I just uh, will tell you that, you know, Jeb made the statement. I'm not only referring to him. I, a lot of money was raised by a lot of different people that are standing up here. And the donors, the special interests, the lobbyists have very strong power over these people. I'm spending all of my money. I'm not spending... $1.9 million, not all of his money, barely any of his money. And on top of that, this is a Democratic liberal uh, idea where it's like, we need to get money out of politics, right? Yes. Listen, he's doing it because he has unlimited uh, mileage. I- I'm oh, feeling with think, all his business using, trips. You think he's using points? Yeah, he's using points country? flying around. That's all he's doing. Oh, that's a good idea. He, what, he say? he's going to use some points, get a TV, get this and that? No, no, no. He has all the points already because he's such a businessman. He made yeah, all no, his trips already. Right, so he's just using all his points. Yeah. So this is not costing him anything. No, he, it's costing him nothing. You're he right. shows well, up and gets dinner. He has his own plane when I flew in from Florida. And he gets a trailer every time he shows up to a debate. When I returned from Florida, his uh, his plane was on the tarmac there. Trump Ooh, plane. Wow. You should have took a picture of it. Hey, I'm not getting any. I turned down I, I turned down so much. I could have right now from special interests and donors, I could have double and triple what he's got. I've turned it down. I've Why? turned down. Because you're not really running for president, <laughs> but that's all right. Last week, $5 million from somebody. So I will tell you, I understand the game. I've been on the other side. See, because here's the weird thing that he's saying. He's not taking money from anybody. And he's he's making it seem like if you take the money, you have to oblige them. No, you don't. You're Donald Trump. You could take the money and be like, I'm going to take your money, but I'm not. I'm going to do yeah, what I want. I'm a anyway. businessman. Right? So that's the game that he's playing where he's pretending like it's an, it, one necess- facilitates the other. I agree that in most cases it does where these guys are taking money from Sheldon Adelson and the Koch brothers. Yeah, they are. They're going to do, they're going to do what they say from lobbyists and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But Trump's saying he can't be bought fine, but you can still take their money if you really, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it would only make sense to do that. He's not doing that though. I just fear he's doing it to screw everyone, screw over everybody. I, I don't know what the hell his end game is. My life and they have a lot of control over our politicians. And I don't say that favorably and I'm not sure if there's another system, but I say this, I am not accepting any money from anybody. Nobody has control of me other than the people of this country. Governor I'm going to do the right thing. You, you got, according to, your, uh, to what you said on one of the talk shows, you got Hillary Clinton to go to your wedding That's because true. you gave her That's money. <laughs> Maybe it works for Hillary Clinton. I was, excuse it doesn't me, work Jeff. for anybody on Jeff. this. That Bush tries to attack him there. It's weak. Now yeah, watch, you can. watch this. On this stage, I was a this, businessman. I got along with Clinton. I got along with everybody. Yeah. That was my job to get along with people. But the I simple didn't wanna, fact is, excuse me, one second. No, I didn't want to. Yeah, you good. cannot take more energy tonight. I like no. that. Look, I was asked the question. I didn't want. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about just clowning somebody? I mean, that's yes. what he did. That's really ugly. That yes. that's like that should be un- very uncomfortable for people that think that you know a Republican win the presidency they can't yeah. the man on your left is a presidential nominee the man on your right isn't no that's not true that's the problem the guy on the right is a presidential nominee the guy on the left Trump isn't but he's making the guy that is actually the nominee look silly and that's really really bad and the reason why he can do it is because he's not actually running he can say whatever he wants mm-hmm. he can play all these shenanigans that's why people like him it's funny he tells but it's us dangerous Mr. Trump told us that he has economic policy coming in the next two weeks. We're going to cover it. If we see economic policy, will that to you mean he's running? No, I can write you. You could say you're running for president. I can write you economic policy. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Can we do that? No. It was my obligation 
as a businessman, to my family, to my company, to my employees, to get along with all politicians. I got along with all of them, and I did a damn good job in doing it. Go ahead. So, oh. <laughs> see, it's shit like that. And then Mic drop. Yeah, exactly. Like, God, God, you talk now. I fucking said what I had to say. Man, that's... No, this is great. It's bad, it. dude. He supports Pelosi. He supports Schumer. He supports Clinton. Got along when with he, everybody. And he, when, he asked, when he asked Florida to have casino gambling, we said no. Wrong. We said no, and that's yeah, the simple cares, fact. Yeah, nobody cares anyway. Don't, don't, Jeb, don't, don't cut me off, Come sir. on, don't make things Jake, up. can I say something about that? Sure, Dr. Carson. Now, this is Ben Carson. who's in second place. This guy's just like, uh, he's all right, but he's so no, meek. No, 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 he's great. He's going to change the flow up. Now let him talk. Um, you know, when I entered this race, all the political pundits said, it's impossible. You can't do it because you're not connected with the money. And uh, there's no way that you can uh, raise what you need in order to compete successfully. I, in no way, am willing to get in the bed with special interest groups or lick the boots of billionaires. I have said to the people, if they want me to do this, please get involved. It's very sexual, right? Like, get in bed, lick the boots. It's this not what he's going uh, for at all, ben, Dr. Ben Carson has a very, uh, I think, probably a little bit of a... You know, fetish streak. I on. think you're the only one thinking that. I, I, I'm I not, there's see no way a I very am. mellow guy who wants to run this country. Well, it's always the quiet ones, Joey. Yes. It's always like when the neighbors <laughs> like, no, I he was always very kept to himself. Yeah, because he had a fucking <laughs> freezer full of skulls. And we now have over five. Freezer full of skulls would have been a good title. Yeah. donations, <laughs> and the money is coming in. But the pundits forgot about one thing, and that is the people, and they are really in charge. Thank you, Dr. Carson. Let's. All right. Thank so you, Dr. right there, Carson. Yeah. Mr. Carson did a great job. He told everybody, a, <laughs> uh, no special interests, right. and b, I'm raising money. Yes, he's admitted that he's raising money. Well, he's really running. That's the thing. Yes. I mean, like he never does anything that disqualifies him like that's the thing like he's kind of chugging along just yeah that's why know, he's number he two talks in that tone yep. he makes his little jokes sometimes like he's not doing anything that is uh so egregious to disqualify him but he's also not doing anything that's so outstanding that makes him vault you know what i mean it's just the other ones are so pathetic that it's a, a problem but but i don't think he has a, here's a question shot of winning you. either here's a question for you if donald trump is not running you take him out of the picture who's number one jeb bush Carson's number one by no, the polls. No, yeah, but that's we go by polls. But we can't you you can't take Trump out and assume that things stay the same. That's not how it works. Oh, that's not how it works at all. No, of course not. So if we take Trump out, everybody goes to Jeb. Yes. Okay. I think yeah, him Rubio Walker would be a little bit higher up. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a much different race. But again, you can't you, that that's the problem. He's there. So we'll see what happens. I bet Fiorina wouldn't even be where she is if not for Trump. So that is actually going to mm. benefit them. All right. I have a couple of like uh, little lines, and then we're going to skip to like an, another clip a little okay. bit deeper into the thing. Trump was asked how to handle Putin interjecting troops into Syria, defending Assad. He doesn't answer it. He just says he'd go along, get along with Putin. He's like, we'd get along very well, but he doesn't answer the question. Everyone just lets it go. Nobody had anything to say about it's that. Okay. They let it go. Fiorina wants to rebuild the Sixth Fleet and the missile defense system in Poland, arm the Kurds, and stop talking to Putin so he, quote, senses strength, which is a nut... Whatever. That doesn't mean anything. But she sounded good on that. Ted Cruz answers a question about the Iran deal. He's a fucking drama queen. I wrote. He really is. He's very uh, he's very dramatic, but we can skip him. He's he's irrelevant. John Kasich seems like a decent guy. Not crazy. Never going to win. He argues that, quote, slow, steady and firm is the right approach. All right. So now we're skipping ahead. We're about 31 minutes. If anything, story. sexual is definitely that slow, steady, firm. Yeah. Yes. Him and Carson are <laughs> they're in bed together. 
looking boots. 31 minutes and 46 seconds in, uh, Rand Paul says, contrary to Scott Walker's plans, that we should not withdraw from the world. We need to communicate with the rest of the world, which uh, I think was good. I think it's important just to like show these quick, uh, quick mm-hmm. clips of somebody making sense. I want to go to Senator Paul. Uh, Senator Paul, the White House is rolling out the red carpet next week for the president of China, President Xi. Governor Walker says that President Obama should cancel the state dinner because of China's currency manipulation and because of China's alleged cyber attacks against the United States. Is Governor Walker right? I think this goes back to essentially what we've been saying for the last two or three questions. Carly Fiorina also said, we're not going to talk with Putin. Well, think if Reagan had said that during the Cold War. We continued to talk with the Russians throughout the Cold War, which is much more significant than where we are now. Should we continue to talk with Iran? Yes. Should we cut up the agreement immediately? That's absurd. Wouldn't you want to know if they've complied? Now, I'm going to vote again. And that's why Rand Paul's in last place, because it's like, oh, that, a rational human being yeah, is that in last sense. place. That makes sense, but yeah. no. Nah. It's the agreement, because I don't think there's significant leverage, but it doesn't mean that I would immediately not look at the agreement and cut it up without looking to see whether Iran is complying. The same goes with China. I don't think we need to be rash. I don't think we need to be reckless. And I think we need to leave uh, lines of communication open. Often we talk about whether we should be engaged in the world, we're disengaged in the world. And I think this is an example of some who want to isolate us, actually, and not be engaged. We do need to be engaged with Russia. It doesn't mean we give them a free pass or China a free pass. But to be engaged means to continue to talk. We did throughout the Cold War, and it'd be a big mistake not Go- to do it. Governor Walker. All right. So reasonable, cogent, but yes. gets no traction. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Huckabee. Mm-hmm says the Iran deal threatens Western civilization. I mean, he was really strong about that. He says, it's not just some other deal. Quote, they sponsor terrorism groups, Hamas and Hezbollah. Meanwhile, none of these people ever talk about Saudi Arabia, who financed the 9-11 attacks. That's where the hijackers are all from. Mm-hmm. The, that's where they received a lot of support. We don't say a peep about Saudi there's Arabia. There's a reason for that. What? Why? I don't know, but I'm telling uh, you that al- there's a reason for it. Because we're oil allies? Yeah. yeah, yeah, may- yeah, yeah. Maybe that is something. Friends in bed. Uh, so much so. That Friends with benefits? So much so that we're friends with them that Bush has actually been called like uh, uh shit. What do they call him? Well, whatever. But they call him like Al You know, they call they give him like an Arab sounding oh, name okay. because they're so close with them. And I, I forget what the name is now. But that's that's mm-hmm. legitimate. Okay, thirty six minutes thirty four seconds in. Donald Trump looks foolish. I think on a, a question about the red line in Syria, where if they use chemical weapons, Obama said that he would attack them. Uh, which we didn't do, even though it's pretty clear that they use chemical weapons. Trump is asked about it, and he gives a uh, an answer again where this is scary. This is where this guy doesn't know anything, uh, really doesn't know anything, doesn't answer the question, but they just kind of let it go, and, and, and they let him get away with uh, saying nothing. So this is this is Trump talking about the uh, Syria on the red line there. Hugh Hewitt from Salem Radio Network. Thank you, Jake. Mr. Trump, yes. two years ago... President Obama drew a red line. That oh, and this is my question. I wrote a question here. Yes. Why won't they show this clip going forward? They'll only show the joke clips, which is partially why he keeps on trucking Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to show him looking stupid. They only show him looking slick where he makes a, a slick retort or whatever, you know? Well, again, I see. I think, if anything, playing the clip actually helps him out. Because you know what? This is somebody who's no, running. No, 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 no. Not this clip. No, but think about it for a second. You have somebody who's running for president who feels like he can get a job done, who is a businessman. Sometimes you don't know other people that you're going to go into business with. 
But if you're given enough time to prepare, because you are a businessman, you will be able to prepare and be ready for the next meeting or the next pitch when you're going to be in the same room with another businessman. Yeah, no, I t- totally. That And that's his argument. That's the argument yeah. that he makes all the time. But that's extremely dangerous because what happens if a September 11th type thing happens on literally the first day you're in office and you didn't have the three days to prepare for your business meeting? Like, that's the issue. And Rubio brought up that point. Yes. And that's a legitimate point. I it mean, is you, a legitimate You point. can't pretend that you're just going to learn the amount of foreign policy, uh, you know, uh, information that you need to know in, in what, six months? Like, it takes years to, to learn this shit. I understand that. But my point of contention is that I get a, it. a lot of times as well, the candidates don't have enough foreign policy to begin with. Sure. And, and that is uh, true because a lot of these guys are governors. They're not in the Senate. They yes. don't really work hands on with this stuff. Um, fine. You're right. All right, this is so. Trump. Don't disqualify my boy. No, my no, second no. no. Boy. I, I, well, I am disqualifying him. Yeah, but, uh, but I get your point, though. I understand what you're saying, but I, I disagree with it. Okay. The Syrian dictator Bashir Assad crossed. President Obama threatened to strike. He did not. His knees buckled. We now have four million refugees. Syria is a living hell, and he turned to the Congress for the authority to back him up. You have three senators to your right who said no. Do they bear responsibility for this refugee crisis? And what would you have done when Bashir Assad crossed that line? Number one, I wouldn't have drawn the line. But once he drew it, he had no choice but to go across. They do bear some responsibility. But I think he probably didn't do it not for that reason. What? He didn't do it not for that? What does that even mean? All right. Somehow he just doesn't have courage. There's something missing from our president. Had he crossed the line and really gone in with force and done something uh, to Assad, if he, if he had gone in you with tremendous force, you wouldn't have millions of people displaced How all over the world. How much responsibility, Mr. Trump, did the senators hold? I think they had a responsibility, absolutely. I oh. think we have three of you, them here. Senator Rubio? I think they no. had a responsibility. Yes. Senator, Senator, I have... Now, he doesn't answer that question. How would you have done it differently? Whatever. He just touches on a buzzword. Obama lacks courage. There's something. Oh, I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, maybe it's his skin color that, you know, kind of. That's what he's right. See, that's the thing. Like, that. Okay. that's the coded shit that people that I don't even, that's the subconscious nature. And that's why I brought up the pain medication thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's this subconscious thing where it's like, there's just something about Obama. It's not that he's black, but it's that he's black. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, they, they just can't touch on it, but he's lacking something. He's not American. He doesn't have courage. That's, that's what it is. You know what I mean? There's something about that that right. bothers them. All right. I, I just want to talk. Right. About you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I, I understand what you're saying. But he didn't answer the question. That's the other thing. Trump looks goofy. He stumbles over his words. But I do have a response for you why he doesn't answer the question. Yeah, no well, matter he doesn't answer, how he doesn't know he, the fucking answer. That's well, the problem. Even if he does answer the question, I don't think he would have answered it well enough for you. That's not necessarily true because I just pointed out that Rand Paul answered questions. I have five points in here where they may, where they okay. where I'm not just saying oh that was a mistake. I, I have clips in here where they they say things that. Maybe I don't agree with, but I go, okay, that's an answer. That's a legitimate answer. Because to me, it just seems this has all been hating on Donald Trump. No, that's not true. Okay. Come on, that's silly. That's silly, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, all right, so Trump doesn't answer the question. Yes. Uh, 44 minutes and six seconds in. This is a Huckabee clip. I'm just going to play it. He's talking about uh, Kim Davis. Let me get there. Hold on. Oh, is this when he goes with the whole amendment thing? I don't remember. Let's just say Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I remember why I did it. Okay, I'll stop it. Jefferson said was judicial tyranny. The reason that this is a real issue that we need to think about. Thank you, Governor. No, no, let me finish this one thought, Jake. I haven't gotten that much time, so I'm going to take just what little I can here. We made accommodation to the Fort Hood shooter to let him grow a beard. 
We made accommodations to the detainees at Gitmo. I've been to Gitmo and I've seen the accommodations that we made to the Muslim detainees who killed Americans. We've talked about Gitmo mm-hmm. uh, on a few show. times. Yeah. yeah, where a lot of the people there had nothing to do with anything that we were claiming to be mm-hmm. defending the country for or any of that stuff. A lot of it was people that were rounded up in the battlefield, uh, potentially. Uh, you know, used as like bait and switch type of things mm-hmm. from people we were working with. This guy's talking about the accommodations at Gitmo that he's been there and what we're coddling them. There's a guy there who weighs 75 pounds right now, an adult man that weighs 75 mm-hmm. pounds because we've been force feeding him. Even though he's been on a hunger strike, we've been force feeding him for like five years and he might as well be dead, but we're keeping him alive even though he wants to be dead. Shouldn't that we won't let him be out. illegal? It is illegal. It should be illegal. You're right. That's why we should close Gitmo and it's a, it's a absolute disgusting human rights violent i mean it's it's so beyond what anybody would and meanwhile these are people that we don't even know what they did yes uh and in a lot of cases they didn't do anything or they've been cleared to leave but we don't let them leave so this guy's gonna sit there and he's gonna talk about this fucking schlump kim davis who is wrong Mm -hmm. definitely wrong yes he's gonna say oh well we we what we let them live at the hilton at gitmo that's what really pisses me off that's why i wanted to bring this clip up it really pisses me off. They talk about the criminalization of Christianity. Shut shut up. It, it really is frustrating because if you were really a Christian, you wouldn't be down in Kentucky with your arm around uh, Kim Davis. You'd be at Gitmo helping the weakest amongst us, right? Like Jesus would have said. No, but that that we don't want to talk about. Well, if that you element play of Christianity that game, we don't talk about. If you want to play that game, none of these people on stage or a true reflection of what a Christian is. No, absolutely not. Kurt Metzger talks about it all the time. On Race so we Wars. can't play that game. Kurt Metzger talks about it on Race Wars all the time. If you were really uh, religious and really Christian, you wouldn't even be in politics. You're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to stay out of it because it has nothing to do. You know, you yeah. can't. Act. Okay, let's just finish this clip quick and then we'll move on. Yeah. That that really annoys me. The oh, we treat people at Gitmo nicely, but we treat Kim Davis mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure she uh, she was rectally fed. Uh, <laughs> you know, a puree of hummus and and yeah. <laughs> You're telling me that you cannot make an accommodation for an elected Democrat county clerk from Rowan County, Kentucky? What else is it other than the criminalization of her faith and the exaltation of the faith of everyone else who might be a Fort Hood shooter or a detainee at Gitmo? Wow, thanks, Huckabee. That was really profound. And that's why you're in like 12th <laughs> place or whatever, you know. All right, Kasich, moving on. John Kasich disappoints me because I said before I think he's a decent guy. He disappoint me, d- disappoints me. He says he thinks Planned Parenthood should be defunded, and he's working f- towards that, even though we've talked about that extensively. He thinks it makes them look stupid to shut down the government over it. I have a Ted Cruz uh, response where he's talking about the Center for American Progress and uh, all that stuff, the, the Sting videos. Let me get there. Come on, come on. Well, let me tell you, Dan, number one, I'm proud. Oh, he's so dramatic. His shit is so dramatic. Proud to stand for life. These Planned Parenthood videos are horrifying. I would encourage every American to watch these videos. <laughs> well, that's all I wanted to play. He goes, these videos are disgusting. I encourage you to watch it. Show your children. You should have a discussion about it over dinner. Like, these videos are horrible. Please watch them. Please, He's such a dickhead. P- please make a soundbite of that for us, so that way we could throw that on the soundbite. Maybe, maybe we should do that. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind that he's playing this as it's kind of like the 1960s and he's got to be perfect. Sure. 
Oh, he's an extremist, Cruz. I mean, yes. he really has a lot of extreme views, and I, I think I wrote that down later. Your buddy, Chris Christie. Here's Chris Christie's first clip that I found uh, irritating. Oh, here we but go. Here's the problem. We're, we're fighting with each other up here. We agree. Let's ask Hillary Clinton. She believes in the systematic murder of children in the womb uh, to preserve but, their body parts, Dana, in a way that maximizes their value for sale for profit. It is disgusting, and the American people need to is, hear it. We shouldn't be fighting with each other. She's the real opponent. Governor, She's the, the real problem. But, wow. Hillary Clinton believes in the systematic murder. Like, what a crazy thing to say. I wrote this because I got excited during this. I said, here's why I love our podcast. Yes, okay. And I love that our listeners really support us and listen every week. We already broke down the Planned Parenthood thing and the Center for Medical Progress story. So when it comes to debates and things like this, we can dismiss the bullshit right away. Yes. They're talking about these Planned Parenthood videos. We already talked about them. We know what the deal is. They're not real. We already did the work. Yes. So now when we're watching and listening to this stuff, we can confidently vet it. The work is done. A lot of people watching who the debates, not mm -hmm. our listeners, who aren't paying attention most of the time, they can't possibly sort everything out. And that's also why Trump is, is ahead because they can't sort all this shit out. They just hear it and they mm -hmm. go, okay, I don't know. But we already know what they're saying is bullshit. Yes. We know it's crap. Were you going to say something? I was. But you don't remember now. Uh, it... The, do you know what it is? It's uh, I'm just thinking to myself that they're always complaining about business and business and right. business. And then on one hand, and then when Planned Parenthood uh, comes up with this great scheme to sell babies, babies. Bonds, <laughs> yes. yes, they're against it. You're and right, Jelly. It's just it's just in my, my back ahead. Uh, at the end of the day, if everything is about business, <laughs> what the fuck are we selling the little fuckers? You're, you're absolutely right, Joey. I totally like, agree with you. That's a true capitalist mentality. You're absolutely right. We have these leftover baby parts. Why not sell them on the free market? If the market dictates, we must abide. You're totally correct, God Joey. God damn it. <laughs> great, great point. 50 minutes and 30 seconds in. Obviously, we're kidding. I, you know, Carly Fiorina, 50 minutes and 30 seconds in, comes strong with the Reagan-style talk. It's largely nonsense, but it sounds good, and she seems confident, and that's why I want to play it. And this is, uh, in large part, why I think she was at the top of this debate. To link these two issues, both of which are incredibly important, Iran and Planned Parenthood. One has something to do with <laughs> the, the defense of the security of this. Yeah, they sound dissonant, but she, she <laughs> no, brings it together. No, but from, from this point on, I will forever be happy if they can always link everything to Planned Parenthood. If they always oh, have they, two yeah. two topics, right. one of them should have to be Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely right. The military <laughs> and Planned Parenthood are very similar in a lot of ways. Ronald Reagan once said about Planned Parenthood, yeah, I know, everything's about Planned Parenthood. All right, th this, is okay. a, this is a strong point for her, I think. Yes. And this is contrary to what you were saying, you little fuck. Uh, I bring good clips, too. <laughs> you bring great clips. Go ahead, play. Nation. The other has something to do with the defense of the character of this nation. You have not heard a plan about Iran from any politician up here. Here's my plan. On day one in the Oval Office, I will make two phone calls. The first to my good friend Bibi Netanyahu to reassure him we will stand with the state of Israel. The second to the Supreme Leader to tell him that unless until he opens every military and every nuclear facility to real anytime anywhere inspections by our people not his we the united states well, of which we already know we already broke that whole thing down mm -hmm. about the iran deal all right America will make it as difficult as possible to move money around the global financial system. We can do that. We don't need anyone's cooperation to do it. And every ally and every adversary we have in this world will know that the United States of America is back in the leadership business, which is how we must stand with our allies. As regards Planned Parenthood, anyone who has watched this videotape, I dare Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama to watch these tapes, watch a fully formed fetus 
on the table, its heart beating, its legs kicking, while someone says we have to keep it alive to harvest its brain. This is about the character of our nation. And if we will not stand up and force President Obama to veto this bill, shame on us. Now, that, that is why she's going to shoot up the put. That is the, oof. That is red meat. They love that. But that's it's nice. bullshit, the whole thing. Yeah, we know that, but it's that's okay. Not, but, I said it's largely nonsense, but it sounds good. That's uh, all they want. That's Reagan. Sounds good. It's nonsense, but it sounds good. Uh, Trump, uh, yeah, I know. Well, it is what it is. Trump interjects into Jeb's answer about cutting women's health care funding. Uh, he, he misspoke about it. To say we should be focusing on North Korea because they have nukes. Then Jeb goes back to talking about abortions. Trump, Jeb is talking about misspeaking about something he said about women's health care. And then Trump's like, by the way, we should be talking about North Korea. And then he just doesn't say anything. Is, is there any way we can turn this reality television show into actual reality television show where people would just vote for who should be president and we just do it that way? Oh, we have the primaries. Oh, that, you mean right? like an American Idol style? Thing? Yeah. Well, that's you, what you vote. You, you vote with your cell phones. That's what this is, where they do the instant focus groups. Where it's like, yeah. who do you think did strong? You know, it's the same. It's that is what it is, Joey. Uh, all right, we're almost done with the part one here. And okay. Then, it, then it, I have less clips for the rest of the parts, but that was like a, a meaty chunk of this thing. Yeah. Fifty-six minutes in, Fiorina, say it, Carly. Carly. Fiorina. Yeah, Evan, stay with me. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I have <laughs> cough, cough. Okay, I, that's fine. Uh, Fiorina's pitted against Trump again. They ask her to respond to Trump's comments about her face. She has a strong moment, and this, I believe, will be the one that helps her numbers. The only thing I'm going to say about this, I was shocked that Donald didn't get a better response uh, the way he did it. Well, that's the thing. That, that his response, that's, it was it was dead on. Totally, and just, but okay, well, let's yeah, okay, just okay, okay, talk about it, but, okay. th- but this is what I'm saying. This is why... They were going to pit her against him. Yes. And she came out on top in a lot of these because he can't bully a, a woman. Yes. Christy tries to bully somebody later, and it's Carly Fiorina, and he looks ugly. It looks stupid. I didn't this think it was that thing. bad. Trump has to back off, and she's going to score points with this. Yes. I do want to ask you about this. In an interview last week in Rolling Stone magazine, Donald Trump said the following about you. Quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that the face of our next president, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a crazy thing to say. I mean, you know what he's saying. He's just like, she's ugly. Like, can you believe this? Uh, People interpret it. And he says like, oh, he was talking about her like persona. But that's not what he meant. You know what he meant. I'm just going to say this. Carly. Trump later said he was talking about your persona. Oh, 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 I didn't understand what you were trying to do. Say it. Carly. Evan. Evan. Evan's going to get fired. Fiorina. All right. Cleans up well. Yeah, she does. Please feel free to respond what you think about his persona. (laughs) You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. Perfect. Spot on. But I would like to contest his response is even better. No, wrong. She's got a beautiful face, and I think she's a beautiful woman. That's fantastic. No, it's not, because it's pandering. It's pandering. It's stupid. That's like patting her on the head. Like, you're pretty. Like, okay, she nailed that, and that's really going to help her. So if if you were Donald Trump, what were you supposed to have said to defuse a situation? I thought that was great. 
Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he could have done anything different. I'm just oh, saying okay. that there's there's no coming back from it. She nailed him, and that's the end. Okay. Of it. The, yeah, no, I, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, good, I guess, but it's too late. You know, that, that, already, that already hit. All right. Uh, oh, well, whatever. It's all going to be off here because they're in clips. Doesn't matter. Okay. Trump bashes Bush over, quote, being weak on immigration. Fiorina jumps in. Now, this is an interesting uh, portion of this debate, I think. And this is like a real clusterfuck argument type of thing. There's too many people. That they come into our country as an act of love. With all of the problems that we have in so many instances, we have wonderful people coming in. But with all of the problems, this is not an act of love. He's weak on immigration. By the way, in favor of Common Core, which is also a disaster, <laughs> but weak on immigration. See, like that, that's where Jeb looks terrible, where he's yes. just like, <laughs> like he looks really awful. He doesn't get my vote. But do you know who looks yeah, great I- right now? Ben Carson. Why? Because he doesn't he's even there. do anything. No, he's there. He's being quiet. Well, that's what my point is. He's assessing he's doing- the situation. And the interesting thing is because he doesn't interrupt anybody, no one interrupts him. Absolutely. Yes, you're absolutely right. Mr. Trump, Good job, Ben. Immigration did not come up in 2016 because Mr. Trump brought it up. We talked about it in 2012. We talked about it in 2008. We talked about it in not 2004. We have been talking about it for 25 years. This is why people Arena, are tired Arena, of politicians. We're going to come to you. We're going to come to you. I just want to get Governor Bush a, a chance to respond to what Mr. Trump Look, said. Look, first of all, I wrote a book about this. All right, and then just Bush goes off on yep. his bullshit. But Fiorina, again, standing up to Trump, and then they use that to their advantage. Yes. They, they, they pit them against each other. All right, I have a couple of things here. Rubio always goes to quaint stories about his family members. He's telling a goddamn fairy tale all the time. The son of a bartender and a maid. It's always like this, like, he. Uh, it's always related. It's really so rehearsed and irritating. But he needs to do that because he's trying to reach to his base. Well, whatever. His base is the entire country if you want to be the fucking president. Ted Cruz consistently- He's going for the ethnic vote. That's that's the whole point of the, okay, all the well, little stories. Okay, he's never going to win. Okay. Okay, fine. Ted Cruz consistently prides himself on extremism. Not for he's not for amnesty. He wants to shut down the government over Planned Parenthood, tear up the Iran deal. He's a real lunatic, Ted Cruz, and I I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Ted's a senator. Yeah. Okay. Uh. All right. Fifteen minutes into this clip. Hold on one second. Okay. Uh. They pit Trump against Fiorina on the 14th Amendment, which is birthright citizenship. She continues to look good. Now, this is like probably the last like long clip that we have. Okay. And it's, it's all quick stuff out of here. Major issue uh, in this campaign. Mr. Trump, you say that babies born in the United States to undocumented immigrants should not any longer get automatic American citizenship. Ms. Fiorina says that you are pandering on this issue and acting. I would really like to see the actual numbers. Of what? Of these ankle babies or people who just come over the border. It's 12 million. They say it's 30 million or something. It's really 12 million people. Also, net immigration. No, 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 no. no. But that's people here illegally. Right. I'm asking about the ankle baby situation where oh, he well, keeps on complaining. That's part of it. That that's, yeah, but I want the actual number, though. Ever, there's not a, it's not there a has real, to be because, a real problem. That's the thing. Oh, oh is that what it is? Yeah, okay. it's crazy. Like, how could you even know that? How could you even know that? The, first of all, the... the to assume that it's like real easy to just get over the border as like a woman ready a to have a baby, woman? a nine months pregnant woman, like it's just asinine. It's okay. just stupid. Like the politicians that you rail against. What's your message to Miss Fiorina on birthright citizenship? Well, first of all, the the 14th Amendment says very, very clearly to a lot of great legal scholars, not television scholars, but legal scholars, that it is wrong. 
All right. So anyway, so then he gives his little yeah. answer. Now this is Fiorina uh, going back at him. As to birthright citizenship, Please. the truth is you can't just wave your hands and say the 14th Amendment is going to go away. It will take an extremely arduous vote in Congress, followed by two thirds of the states. And if that doesn't work to amend the Constitution, then it is a long, arduous process in court. And meanwhile, what will continue to go on is what has gone on for 25 years. With all due respect, Mr. Trump, we have been talking about illegal immigration for 25 years. San Francisco has been a sanctuary city. All right, I think that, anyway, but you see, but she yes. goes after him and he doesn't interrupt her, which is really interesting. And that's going to make her look strong. Oh, I thought you were going to say something there, Joe. Well, I think it makes him look weak if he keeps on interrupting her, though. It does, and that's the catch-22 of the whole thing. Yeah, that's why so, they did this. That's yes. what I'm saying. Okay. They had to pit them against each other because he, if he attacks her, it's going to make him look weak because he's like a big dude attacking a woman. So she's the VP is what you're saying? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Or, the I mean, probably the VP. Yeah, probably the VP. This is a very nice clip. Surprise, they're pitting Trump against Fiorina again, this time on the economy and her record as CEO of HP. She bites back about Trump's casinos. Now, this is oh, really, here we go. This is a real nice uh, back and forth between the two of them. And again, I think she comes out looking decent, but Trump kind of hurts her here. So much. Let's turn to a new topic. We've received a lot of questions on social media about the economy and about jobs. We have two CEOs on stage right now. Ms. Fiorina, you were CEO of Hewlett Packard. Donald Trump says you, quote, ran HP into the ground. You laid off tens of thousands of people. You got viciously fired for voters <laughs> looking to somebody. With Which she did. I mean, that's all true. The yeah. private sector experience to create American jobs. Why should they pick you and not Donald Trump? I led Hewlett Packard through a very difficult time, the worst technology recession in 25 years. The Nasdaq stock index fell 80 percent. It took 15 years for the stock index to recover. We had very strong competitors who literally went out of business and lost all of their jobs in the process. Despite those difficult times, we doubled the size of the company. We quadrupled its top line growth rate. We quadrupled its cash flow. We tripled its rate of innovation. Oh, yeah. God. Innovation. The way she says mm, innovation yeah, drives me bananas. I got to get a clip of that. We had to make tough choices, and in doing so, we saved 80,000 jobs, went on to grow to 160,000 jobs, and now Hewlett-Packard is almost 300,000 jobs. We went from lagging behind to leading in every product category and every market segment. We must lead in this nation again. Then why did you get fired? So this is the thing where she's going to say, we're leading, we're good, everything was good. Then why, why did they fire you? If everything worked... Why are you not still the head of C, uh, the head of HP? Okay, I'm not a businessman. No, you're not. I would like to be a businessman one day. Huh. But what I'm going to say is this: from a few things I've read, uh -huh. the positive impacts did happen to Hewlett Packard after she left. That could you're be contributed to her. Yes. Yeah. Again, I feel that a lot of times, especially in business, no matter what you do, it is always going to be a catch twenty two. So no matter how she did. She's still going to be on a losing end. Well, in no, that's eyes. not true because sometimes the CEO of a company mm -hmm. does well and stays there. <laughs> like she got fired. She was there for a year. She got fired because she did a shitty job. Now, whether they put her in that position because they were using her as like a transitional character. Fine. Maybe I can I can understand that. Okay. But like 
No, sometimes people do a good job and stay the CEO of a company. She got brutally fired and has always been considered one of the worst CEOs in the history of the country. That's all legitimate. Okay. She can say whatever the fuck she wants, but that's not true. She got fired. So what happened? Also, I I was going to wait a minute to say this, but now that we stopped it, we might as well say it. Mm -hmm. I wrote, by the way, I love how the take responsibility Republicans are always willing to give themselves excuses about a bad economy. Other people had it out for them, which she brings up in a little bit. Like you either take responsibility or you don't. Fiorina failed upwards, but you better be goddamn sure she'd attack people on food stamps and welfare for being like takers and take responsibility meanwhile they never do they never do it's never my fault no i was a great ceo but they fired me oh well the reason is because mm-hmm. uh donald trump's friend didn't like me he had it out for me shut the fuck up you either are for responsibility or you're not it's that simple okay and some tough calls are going to be required. But as for the firing, I have been very honest about this from the day it happened. When you challenge the status quo, you make enemies. I made a few. Steve Jobs told me that when he called me the day I was fired to say, hey, been there, done that. I think that's Name great. Drop. If that's true, that's knows if it's true. Steve he's, Jobs caught her, bro. He's dead. There's no way to know. He's not dead to me. He's dead to me twice. It's also true that the man that led my fairing, Tom Perkins, just Thank took you, out Governor. a full page ad in the New York Times to say he was wrong. I was right. Thank I was you. a terrific CEO. The board <laughs> was dysfunctional. And he everything was perfect. Nothing was my fault. I deserve to be there, but I still don't deserve to be there. I got fired because I was good. What are you like? It's how do you want her garbage. to spin? How do you want her to spin? Her? Oh, I fucked up. Yep. Didn't work. Didn't work out. That's all you want for her. You actually want her to uh, say, tell I me fucked wh- up. Yeah, stop making an excuse that, like, everything was great, the board was dysfunctional. Okay, so why did you... So then maybe you should have the foresight and been like, you know what, this isn't the job for me. Maybe that's... Well, after six months, you no, should have you, known? No, you should have known. If, uh, if all of this is true... Yes. Why, before she was offered the position, didn't she say, like, nope, I'm leaving this company? If she was so smart and knew all the shit, she should have fucking gotten out of there. But no, she decided to take over and what, take the hit for all these people? Maybe it's she wanted crazy. a challenge. Joey, stop playing. It's annoying. Stop playing. You know what I'm saying. Okay, fine. We can't Play. be, go- like, it's annoying. We're just droning on for six hours. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Thinks I will make a magnificent president you, of the Fiorina. United States. Well, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, why would you be better at creating let, let jobs than Carly Fiorina? Meanwhile, they clapped for that. Like, all these excuses. Yeah, oh, it's fine. But meanwhile, they're on her side. You see what I'm saying? That that's yes. That's what that represents. Let me just explain. The head of the Yale Business School, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, wrote a paper recently, one of the worst tenures for a CFO, CEO that he has ever seen, ranked one of the top 20 in the history of business. The company is a disaster and continues to be a disaster. They still haven't recovered. In fact, today on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, they fired another 25 or 30,000 people saying we still haven't recovered from the catastrophe. When Carly says the revenues went up, that's because she bought Compaq. It was a terrible deal and it really led to the destruction of the company. Now, one other company before that was Lucent. Carly was at Lucent before that. And Lucent turned out to be a catastrophe also. So I only say this. She can't run any of my companies. That I can tell you. <laughs> See, now that's where Trump looks strong because that he, he knows what he's talking about yes. when it comes to business. See, he comes to life when it's a business thing. Foreign policy, he just kind of gets vague and doesn't say anything. But he knows what he's talking about as far as this is mm-hmm. concerned. And I want to give you a chance uh, to respond. Jeffrey Sonnenfeld is a well-known Clintonite and honestly headed out for me from the moment that I arrived at Hewlett-Packard. But yeah, there, there we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had it out for Like, stop making fucking wasted time. Like, that's an excuse. That's garbage. What, what are you even saying? It just doesn't make any sense. Honestly. Mr. Trump, I find it quite rich that you would talk about this 
You know, there are a lot of us Americans who believe that we are going to have trouble someday paying back the interest on our debt because politicians have run up mountains of debt using other people's money. That, that is, in fact, precisely the way you read ran your casinos. You ran up mountains of debt as well as losses using other people's money and you were forced to file for bankruptcy not once, I never not twice, bankruptcy. four times. A record four times. Why should we trust you Mr. to manage the finances of this nation you, any differently than you manage running, the finances Carly, of your casinos? Carly, Carly, Mr. Trump, I made over $10 billion. I had a casino. No, no, you have not. There's no proof of that. <laughs> $10 billion. Casino company Caesars just filed for bankruptcy. Um, Chris will tell you, it's not Chris's fault either, but almost everybody in Atlantic City is either in trouble or filed for Maybe I'll blame Chris. Well, but, but Mr. Atlantic Mr. City Mr. Trump is also a disaster. Wait a minute, Carly. Wait, I'll let you speak. Atlantic City is a disaster, and I did great in Atlantic City. I knew when to get out. My timing was great, and I got a lot <laughs> of credit for it. Many of the great business people that you know, and Carl Icahn's going to work with me on making great deals for this country, but whether it's Carl or so many others that we read about all the time, you, they Trump. have used the laws hey, of the land, hey, which are the best. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Chairman. Yeah. So Chris, Governor Christie's name has been invoked. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to say I have a Christie. He breaks I have, in, I know, and I, he looks like a goon, but whatever. You love him. So. I, I, I just have this thing that seems to be an interest, an interesting dichotomy to me. Okay. They keep on talking about business and yeah. business and business. Right. And then kind of like with the pound pound hood about like Christianity and all that. When you just talk about business, it takes out all the human aspect of it. Absolutely. Sure. And that's that that is a very astute observation. Absolutely. I think that's one of the big criticisms of conservatism and the Republican idea in general. Walker puts out a point in a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I actually that's actually coming up. So that's coming we'll, we'll okay, come back. So, so that, okay, that's great. Ahead. OK, so this is whatever. This is just for you. This is just yes, for, for you, Jim, for me. Chris Christie. I'd like to give him the 30-second opportunity. Listen, while I'm as entertained as anyone by this personal back and forth about the history of Donald and Carly's career, for the 55-year-old construction worker out in that audience tonight who doesn't have a job, who can't fund his child's education, i got to tell you the truth. They could care less about your careers. They care about theirs. Let's start. Yeah, this is Dead a strong, this is so a strong moment for yes, uh, Stay Puffed over here. He does a good job. We're <laughs> talking about that on this stage. Jake, and stop playing and stop playing the games. Governor Jake, playing, there's, there's John, a... I'm not done yet, John. Big track record of stop, leadership and is not stop, a game. Stop it is playing, the issue in Carly, this election. Carly, listen. You can interrupt everybody else on the stage. You can interrupt me. Okay? See, he looks the, like a, he looks no, like a, he looks he like looks a bully to me. Look strong. Because you are a misogynist. <laughs> the fact is that we don't want to hear about your careers back and forth and volleying back and forth about who did well and who did poorly. You're both successful people. Congratulations. You know who's not successful? The middle class in this country who's getting plowed over by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Let's start talking about the O's issues tonight and stop this childish back and forth between the two of you. Hey. All right. Yeah, you like that. You're proud of Chris Christie. What, what about that construction worker and his family? No, he did a good job. No, look, that's why I played it. Okay, I, I played it for you. you, but it's a good. That was a good job. Yes, I mean, you know what he's job. doing, but he fine. He scores points. That's what he's. That's him. That's, that's what he's supposed Christy. to be doing. Uh, ben Carson explains, and I can't. I can't play all the Ben Carson clips. That's it's fine. Just like, well. Carson explains that he is for a flat tax based on tithing in the Bible, yes. 10%. So whatever your salary is, you pay 10% in taxes. He believes taxing wealthy people more than poor people is socialism, and it, quote, doesn't work so well. Fine. Uh, Trump explains his tax plan. This is the next clip we have. Yes. Coherently and presented as a pretty liberal plan. I also agree with his rationale against the flat tax. So this is, a, this is an instance where I think Trump actually is on the money. And again, 
because this is the type of shit that he deals with all the time. You know, like yes. All right, and also I think he's probably a Democrat, but he just knows he can well, win. Years ago, yeah, he's been, he was a Democrat. He's been a Democrat his entire life. The guy's not really okay. What do you, what like do you think like of the flat? Yes. Like what do you respond. think of the flat tax? Do you think it's fair? Well, I, I think the thing about the flat tax, I know it very well, that I don't like is if you make two hundred million dollars a year, you pay ten percent. You're paying very little relatively to somebody that's making. $50,000 a year and has to hire H&R Block to do the work because it's so complicated. One thing I'll say to Ben is that we've had a graduated tax system for many years, so it's not a socialistic thing. What I'd like to do is, and I'll be putting in the plan in about two weeks, and I think people are going to like it, it's a major reduction in taxes. It's a major reduction for the middle class. The hedge fund guys won't like me as much as they like me right now. I know them all, but <laughs> they'll pay more. I know people that are making a tremendous amount of money and paying virtually no tax, and I think it's unfair. Wow. Okay. So now that's a liberal idea. Yes. It but is. it's going to be interesting to see if him saying shit like that is going to hurt his numbers. Yes. Do, are they listening to what he's saying, or do they like the retorts and the witty shit? Because that, I agree with him, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't be agreeing with their potential nominee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know that makes sense to me. But my question is, and if any of the other ones made that point, it'd be disqualifying. But yes. He, he makes it. And he can make. Nobody point. seems to care. It's very interesting. But what I want to know is, I want to know how many hedge fund people there are. I want to know oh, how uh, much money we're talking about in uh, tax, maybe not plenty. tax evasion, plenty. but money that's taxable. Plenty. He'll close. I mean, to me, that sounds like he's planning on closing offshore but loopholes see, and things like that. See, I believe. Mm. Tr- well, okay, but see, see that's we'll like, see when his plan comes out. No, 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 I get that. But when we have computers and everybody knows how much money everybody else is making, you don't know and how all much this money I make, I'm, I'm not not me. The government knows. Oh, 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 yeah. So why can't they just come up with a fair plan if you know what everybody is making or is not making? Yeah, because it's loophole. You know, there's all these loopholes in the like, that's what they're talking about. I mean, I think the tax code needs to be rewritten. It's crazy. It's yeah, but they've been saying that for 25 years now. I, exactly, and it's probably not going to be resolved this year either. But we'll see what happens unless President Trump takes over, and then we'll see. Scott Walker peddles a classic Republican idea in response to Carson's desire to raise the minimum wage. Everyone, okay, let, let's just play this because this is what you were talking about. This is Walker. Going against Ben Carson saying that he would like to raise the minimum wage, mm-hmm. which Carson actually made some good points on that. He thinks there maybe should be a two-tier minimum wage, meaning for people under a certain age or something like that, or tenure, because then you could have people that are in high school or whatever get the Burger King job and that's just like a summer job, fine. And then you have people that are actually going to be there long-term, people mm-hmm. that maybe can't get a better job or fall on hard times or whatever, where they would have a higher wage there'd be like a two minimum wage, which actually kind of makes sense to me. That That's sort of a good idea. Wouldn't that be uh, age discrimination though? No, it's 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 based on terms of like, if you're going to work at McDonald's for 12 years, uh-huh. your salary should probably be higher than me if I was working there over oh, summer if you just break. Started. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. Not just started. If you if you know somebody's only going to be there while they're home, for, you know, home from school mm-hmm. on break, you know, that actually makes sense. So anyway, this is Walker peddling a classic Republican idea in response. It's impossible what he's saying, but okay. People, the skills and education that they need to put in place in all the above energy policy, but you start on day one with repealing Obamacare, I'm the only one on the stage who's actually got a plan, introduced an actual plan to repeal Obamacare on day one. I'll send a bill up to Congress and to make sure they actually enact it. Thank I'm you, Governor. Si- I'm going to sign an order that makes the Congress live by the same rules as everybody else. Thank you, Governor. That will ensure they repeal Dr. Obamacare. Dr. Carson. He, uh, he gives this idea of, like, everybody's going to have a better job. Like, that's impossible. Do you really think that everybody's going to have a, a great job? No. It's, just, it's, it's not realistic. I hate that. Evan, could you make sure the uh, the live stream is still going out? Uh, on the TriCaster. Yeah, it's still going on. All right. 
Um, just click it and then click it again. All right, let's continue here. Oh, we're on the third part, Joey. You, nice. So you were making this point, though, I think. Yes. About, yeah. You have anything to continue with that or no? No, it's uh, no. I, I'm just thinking to myself that the entire time everyone's talking about business, business, right. business, but then they're always taking out the the human aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big that's a big problem with the party. Um, all right, where are we? About two minutes and forty eight seconds in. Rubio and Trump a little volley on foreign policy awareness. Rubio suggests wisely that they ask deeper questions. They don't, but this is the, <laughs> Rubio. <laughs> it's smart here, Mr. Trump. Uh, Senator Rubio seemed to be suggesting that you don't know information. No, I don't that, think he's suggesting that at all. I mean, are I you, just Senator Rubio? Are, I don't think he's well, suggesting that. Well, that's why we that. have a debate. I think that we should have a deeper debate about these issues because there is no more important decision that a president will make. But are you saying that you have in, uh, the knowledge to be the president that Mr. Trump does well, not that's have? What this, well, you should ask him questions in detail about the foreign policy issues our president will confront because you better be able to lead our country on the first day. Not six months from now, not a year from now. On the first day in office, our president could very well confront a national security crisis. You can't predict it. Sometimes you cannot control it. And it is the most, the federal government does all kinds of things it's not supposed to be doing. It regulates bathrooms. It regulates schools that belong to, to, to local communities. But the one thing that the federal government must do, the one thing that only the federal government can do is keep us safe. And a president better be up to date on those issues on his first day in office, or on her first day in office. Mr. Trump. Well, you have to understand, I am not sitting in the United States Senate with, by the way, the worst voting record there is today. Nice. Uh, number one. I am not sitting in the United States Senate. I'm a businessman doing business transactions. Okay. I am doing business transactions. I will know more about this. And as you said, that was very acceptable. And when you listened to that whole interview, it was a great interview. You said it. I didn't. Yeah. Well, he, now he, I did. No, but had, I will listen. Just no, one second. Well, but he addressed just one this. second. I never get addressed. I will when know. I do. I'm going to jump in. I will right. know more about the problems of this world by the time I sit. And you look at what's going on in this world right now by people that supposedly know this world is a mess. That see now that's a scary thing where he's like he, he makes no point there and then he says like well I'll know by the time will you? How are we going to trust that? Like we would never accept that people on the right always criticize Obama like he wasn't ready to be president oh, okay and Trump is he just said he doesn't even know it yet and he's mm -hmm. gonna learn it but Obama was somehow unqualified like that's crazy and these are the same people that are gonna support this guy it just doesn't make any sense so we're almost done we only have a few no no, no I, I I'm just no, I'm just I'm saying no no, no. Uh, I'm just thinking maybe there should be like a class to become president or some kind Joey, of the, route. See, do you hear what you're saying? The, the thing the thing that qualifies you to do anything mm -hmm. is your life. You're yes. smart enough to learn this shit. You are the person that can do it. That, that There doesn't need to be a class to be president. That's insane. You know how you become president? You fucking get to be, you, you work your way through with education, so, life experience, money, being able to be charismatic, being on TV, having the right strings mm -hmm. pull, like all that shit. Like that that's what goes into it. So and how, maybe Trump doesn't have it. So okay. So now, so now Trump spends the next eight years of his life trying to find out foreign policy. No, he's not running for president. That's the thing. Like okay. we're, we're playing okay, this fine. game, but he's not really running for president. No, he's he, not. He's gonna, just on. The he's stage. not going to get a master's in fucking foreign. But he's just not. It's just okay. not what it is. He's not. He's not qualified. That's that's the, the long and short of it. He's just not. We're playing the game of watching it. It's fine. It's fun okay. to watch the clips, and it's interesting to see how he dings the other candidates. But it's not real. It's just not going to happen. 
That's the answer. That's the long and short okay. of it. Trump says he's the only one of them to be against going into Iraq. Then he dings Rand Paul again. Then him and Bush get into it. And then Bush says something that drives me absolutely Crazy. bananas. You can check it out. Check out. I'll give you 25 different stories. In fact, a delegation was sent to my office to see me because I was so vocal about it. I'm a v- referring to not 9/11. going into Iraq. Not going into oh, Iraq, okay. he was saying. Very militaristic person, but you have to know when to use the military. See, I like that. I like that he says that. I'm a very militaristic person. A lot of them wouldn't say that, but he's like, no, I definitely want to bomb some shit, but I'm just not going to do it randomly. (laughs) It's fine. At least that's real. That's why it kind of resonates. Like, that's true. I'm the only person up here that fought against going into Iraq. You, now, can I, can now, I make a response to just that? Just excuse me one second, can Rand, I make if you a don't mind, Rand. You know, you are on last, you, you do have your 1%. I would like. Oh, oh my God. God. He fucking hates Rand Paul. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me, Rand, if you don't mind, Rand. Like, he treats him like such a little bitch. It's crazy. And Rand Paul's not a bitch, but like, Jesus, Trump really makes him look terrible. He and does. I think it's very important. I think it's important because it's about judgment. It's about judgment. I didn't want to go into Iraq, and I fought it. Because what I said to you, May what I, I said, was you're going to you're gonna destabilize the Middle East, and that's what happened. So He's you, referred to me no, the first remarks. chance. May I make a response? Right after me. Go ahead, I'll, I'll yield, my, yield the floor. What do you guys say in the Senate when you're talking and debating? Absolutely. Go Whatever. ahead. <laughs> Here's the facts. When Donald Trump talks about judgment, what was his position on who would have been the best negotiator to deal with Iran? It wasn't a Republican. It was Hillary Clinton. That's what you believe. I mean, the lack of judgment and the lack of understanding about how the world works is really dangerous in this kind of time that we're saying. So is that the judgment that well, you look, bring to the look, table, that Hillary Clinton is a great negotiator, it, that she could bring about a better Your brother and your brother's administration gave us Barack Obama because it was such a disaster those last three months that Abraham Lincoln couldn't have been elected. Good line. You know what? Mm-hmm. Listen great to this. Line. As it relates to my brother. I'm about to lose it. You ready? About to lose it. I know why. There's one thing I know for sure. He kept us safe. Word after 9-11, the worst terrorist attack in the history of the country that's probably never going to be replicated. I know my brother kept us safe. Listen to the fucking applause this guy gets for this. I don't know if you remember. Donald. You remember the... Wait. The rubble? You remember the firefighter with his arm around it? He sent a clear signal that the United States would be strong and fight Islamic terrorism. And he did keep us safe. I don't know. You feel safe right now? I don't feel so safe. Do you remember the rubble, he says? He has the nerve to say, do you remember the rubble? Yeah, I remember the rubble. I remember Bush standing on the fucking fallen Twin Towers Mm -hmm. uh, after him and his ridiculous, I was going to say the R word, but I decided not to, uh, him and his ridiculous administration, Cheney and everybody, uh, failing to keep us safe on that one particular time. Mm -hmm. But no, we're just going to pretend that everything's okay. God, that drives me insane. Also, Trump is definitely a Democrat and is probably realistically pretty liberal. He just knows he could win as a Republican or whatever yes. he's actually doing. Okay. These fucking animals blame Obama pulling troops out of Iraq for ISIS. You can't get to that inevitable action without the catalyst, which was entering Iraq to begin with under false pretenses. Let's fucking stop doing this. That shit drives me insane. I know one thing about my brother. Yeah, he's a dimwit. You should have been the one that was in office and not him. But unfortunately, the world is unfair. Uh, I have a Chris Christie clip. We only have like two more clips. Okay. So 
I think it's going well, right? I mean, yes, absolutely. it's good to go through it. Listen, if people, you know, if people watch it fine, but I, I think it's fun. Christy says Bush kept us safe for seven years and Obama has made us unsafe. Before the crime happens, I absolutely believe that what the president did at the time was right. And I am proud to have been one of the people on the stage who was part of making sure that what Governor Bush said before was the truth. America was safe for those seven years and Barack Obama has taken that safety away from us. Yeah, uh, we were safe for those seven years. Too bad he was in office for eight. Like, do you understand what they, how, like, could you fucking imagine if Hillary Clinton was the president of the United States and a 9-11 type thing happened? Would it really be that afterward her response was what kept us safe? They'd probably murder her. They'd hire somebody to go slit her throat. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? How does that not, Evan, does that drive you crazy? I mean, this shit is just bananas. Oh, about the yeah, the fact that oh oh, uh, Bush kept us safe. Yeah, after that big one. That no, no, you made it, you made a valid point. I thought the same thing when I originally watched it. Yeah, that shit drives me insane, Joe. That doesn't bother you. I actually uh, kind of agreed with the statement. What state? What did you agree with about him keeping us safe for seven years? How did you agree with that? How are you being serious? How did you agree with that? What do you mean? Because after that attack, that yes, it's there far from happening. There hasn't been another huge attack in the last seven years because. You, are, are you kidding me? I mean, I will I will throw you off the show right now. This will be your last episode. <laughs> do, do you really? I mean, do you really? Does that see? But that's that. Then we're fucked. That's the problem, because people like you then apparently think that that makes sense. That clearly that happened under Bush's watch. Yes. He didn't keep us safe. Three thousand people died uh, untold amounts of casualties elsewhere because of the response to it. But he kept us safe? It's crazy. That's luck, maybe, that they kept us safe for the rest of the time. And on top of that, it takes a long time if you're a Bin Laden or whatever to plan that type of shit. You know how long it took to plan September 11th? A long time. 15 so years it's or something, fucking yeah. luck. Yeah, it's luck that they didn't get attacked. Uh, that drives me insane, Joe. You t- Recant. Recant. I can't take it back. Take said, it back. You all right, I took it, take back. it back. Okay. <laughs> take it back. I took it back. A lot of these guys think our military is weak. And our Navy is small, et cetera, which it isn't because we talked about this uh, a lot, even with those new fighter jets that it cost a trillion dollars. Rand Paul says he won't send U.S. troops back to Iraq. Good. He believes the boots on the ground need to be Arab boots. Great. He also criticizes Saudi Arabia, which is nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul, good. Uh, not good as far as Republicans would be concerned, but I like what Rand Paul had to say here. Jeb was a little more feisty this debate. Not a perfect performance, but better than last time. I still think Jeb's the guy. These are my live notes that I was yes. writing, and I, I still believe that to be true. All right, we're on to part four. We just have uh, – oh, I don't even – maybe you only have one clip in there? Yeah, okay. Where – oh, shit. I just lost my place. Rand Paul says Republicans are only for the 10th Amendment until they start talking about marijuana. He believes the states should be left for themselves, like, mm-hmm. to decide. Jeb says he smoked weed 40 years ago <laughs> and thinks Colorado should be left alone. Rand responds by saying Jeb was against medical marijuana in Florida and it's fucked up. Rich kids don't get punished. Poor kids do. Christie is against legalization. Now we have a clip. This is a surprisingly long section where they talked about marijuana, but none of them have a real progressive idea about it. Fiorina talks about losing a child to substance abuse. Her daughter, Lori Ann, who was 35 struggled with alcoholism, substance abuse, and bulimia. She says that marijuana isn't just like having a beer and it's stronger now than it used to be. Okay. Fiorina, this issue. I very much hope that I am the only person on this stage who can say this, but I know there are millions of Americans out there who will say the same thing. My husband, Frank, and I buried a child to drug addiction. So 
we must invest more in the treatment of drugs. I agree with Senator Paul. I agree with states' rights. But we are misleading young people when we tell them that marijuana is just like having a beer. It's not. You're right. It's not. It's way safer. It's way <laughs> safer to smoke than drink. For sure. There, there's no doubt about that. Yes. And the marijuana that kids are smoking today is not the same as the marijuana that Jeb Bush smoked 40 years ago. True. It's stronger, it's but you know what that. it is? You just smoke less of it. That's all. You just yeah. get higher quicker. It's like this whole misnomer, and that's what's frustrating about this, where she's going to try to like paint weed as like some mm-hmm. terrible thing. Like, no, alcohol's worse for sure. Yes. Long term, uh, in a shorter period of time, it's worse for you. Like, d- don't be silly. That's all. That's all. I mean, why it's do just, you think it's such a big issue with them? Well, it's not. It just came up for some reason. Uh, be, well, first of all, it should be a big issue with them. It should be something that they can hammer Democrats on because this is a states' rights thing. They always want abortion to be states' rights. Let the states decide. Yeah. Well, okay, Colorado decided. No, Christie's going to go after them because yeah. you know a federal law. But aren't you the people that are forced? To, and that's what Rand Paul was saying, which yeah. is what I, I like about that. <clears throat> they start talking about guns. Marco Rubio says you can pass all the laws you want, but criminals will break them because they're criminals. Great. So why do we have laws at all then? Let's get rid of the penalty for murder. Why is that a law? If if that's true, uh, they always make this argument about guns. Like you can make all the gun laws you want, but criminals are still going to break them. Yeah. Okay. So why do we have speed limits? What the fuck difference does it make? Just let people do what they want. If laws aren't deterrence to crime, then why do we have laws? That's a fucking stupid argument. It's a flawed argument. I, and I always hate when people bring that up, but it's only because of guns. Mm-hmm. We got to, okay. This is an interesting observation. I, maybe not interesting, but it's an observation I made. Christie really pussyfoots around Trump. The tough guy doesn't try to bully Trump because he knows Trump is not bound by normal political convention. Christie talks tough, but like a politician talks tough. He's a puss, really. Trump doesn't give a fuck, so he'll snap at him. Mm-hmm. That's why those two, you never see Christie interrupt Trump. Nope. Because Trump will be like, you know what, Chris, why don't you shut your fucking mouth? And then, no, go have a and donut. He can, yeah, right. And he can't answer him because, right, because he he's like bound by politics. Yes. Right, okay. All of a sudden, a lot of them think climate change is real, but you can't do anything about it without hurting the economy, so fuck it. That was a lot of their answers. They're like, look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a skeptic. I think it's real, but I just think that we can't do anything. Great, okay. <laughs> but at least they're kind of mentioning that it might be a real thing. Listen, again, with that whole thing, what good is having a business if the business is not going to be around because the planet's fucked? Oh, I'd, of course, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, we've had that conversation all the time. Yeah, we can drill plenty more oil, but in like f- 100 years, we're all going to be gone, so it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, Carson and Trump talk about Trump's position that childhood vaccines cause autism. Trump says people that have worked for him have children that got autism from vaccines a couple of months later, which isn't true. And this is just an interesting uh, thing that I think we need to put out there. B- before you play this, I was actually shocked that the two doctors on stage didn't really go after they did no they Trump. did they, yeah, carson not does enough here. though well that's not carson's style that's true president well, you I, would, I'd like to, I'd like I'm to respond but he's a scientist he's a well he's not a scientist he's okay. a neurosurgeon he's a neurosurgeon who would know all about this you would think well right here we're gonna play the clip and then you tell me if you think he went at him good well enough i don't know mr trump as president you would be in charge of the centers for disease and i'll tell you this i think trump did a better job of like kind of defending his position than i thought he was going to mm. trump's a weird guy he's not an idiot that's no. the thing he's not an idiot control and the national institutes of health <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement that's going to be in his <laughs> campaign donald trump <laughs> not an idiot both of which say you are wrong how would you handle this as president autism has become an epidemic 
25 years ago, 35 years ago, you look at the statistics, not even close. It has gotten totally out of control. I am totally in favor of vaccines, but I want smaller doses over a longer period of time. Now, I don't know. Is that a problem? I mean, obviously, I think vaccines work and Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if they cause. I don't think they cause autism. I'm going to say that vaccines are fine. They're not causing autism. It's something we don't know what it is, but okay. Uh, I don't have a problem, I guess, with spreading out your vaccines. No, like, I think that that's seems fine. like, all right. Because you take a baby in, and I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I had my children taken care of over a long period of time, over a two or three year period of time, same exact amount. But you take this little beautiful baby and you pump, a, I mean, it looks just like it's meant for a horse, not for a child. And we've had so many instances, people that work for me just the other day, Two years old, two and a half years old, a child, a beautiful child, went to have the vaccine and came back and a week later got a tremendous fever, got very, very sick, now is autistic. I only say it's not... I don't know if that's true. I don't know if Trump... (laughs) Actually, somebody that works for him is a kid that got a vaccine and now has autism. So I I did read something interesting, and I don't know if there's any credence to it, but I read Mm -hmm. this about the the idea of vaccines uh, causing autism this article I read suggested that it's not the vaccine itself. It's the shock of the like the needle? needle going into a young child that can't process it. And it causes autism. Now I don't know, but that's it. That's just an interesting thought. I'm just putting that out there. Huh. I don't necessarily support that. All right, let's wrap up with this clip. Then we only have like two more, Joey. And that's it. I'm in favor of vaccines. Do them over a longer period of time. Same amount. Thank but you. Just in in little sections, Doctor Car- Carson. And I think you're going to have. I think you're going to see a big impact on autism. Doctor Carson, you just heard his medical take. <laughs> <laughs> He's an okay doctor. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is, we have extremely well documented proof that there's no autism associated with vaccinations. But it is true that we are probably giving way too many in too short a period of time. And a lot of pediatricians now recognize that and I think are cutting down on the number and the proximity in which those are done. And, and that's, I think all that's, that's, saying, that's all I'm saying, Jake. That's all I'm saying. Dr. Paul, I'd like to bring you in. All right. So, so, I, guess, so I, I guess maybe it's not that bad then. No, it's not that bad because a lot of people on the left were trying to make a big deal about that. It's like, he didn't really say anything too crazy. That was fine. Um, all right. They, then they did the whole thing about they were asked, they were like cute, cutesy questions. You know, we have yeah, one, we're going to play one of those cutesy questions answers because they're ridiculous. And then uh, I wrote Fiorina nails the dismount. I think she was pretty strong here. She Her little like closing statement. Okay. Uh, they asked him, who would you put on the $10 bill? And Cruz makes a smart call taking Jackson off the 20 and leaving Hamilton, which uh-huh. I like. I'm actually for that. But then he embarrasses himself again in the uh, Secret Service code name part. <laughs> and he, uh, he upsets me once again. All right. Three minutes and 32 seconds in. Okay. This is the uh, – this is this. what would your secret – well, whatever. He's going to ask them. Mint was listening. <laughs> Here's the next lighthearted question. You all know that the United States Secret Service uses code names for the president and his family. Ronald Reagan's code name, for example, was Rawhide, an homage to his performances in Westerns. Nancy Reagan's... That's right. Your favorite president was a movie star. Was a fucking actor. Yeah. A liberal actor from Hollywood. But okay. Was Rainbow. You don't have to come up with the one for your spouse. (laughs) But what would you want, Governor Christie, I'll start with you, your Secret Service code name to be? He, uh, his is ter- horrible. You think it's bad? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ah, 
You know, I've been, I've been called a lot of names by a lot of different people. Now I've got to get called by names by the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. um, I would just say True Heart. Ugh, he tries to make That's a joke, great. and then he already has a pre-rehearsed answer, like, True Heart. <laughs> Shut it. What? Ew, it, 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 should, it should have been Stay Puff? It falls so flat. Stay Puff would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he should really embrace that. That would be boulder, boulders on the move. Uh, well, I have one now. It was my detail. They called me Unit 1. My wife says, you'll never be Unit 1. I'm Unit 1. You're <laughs> Unit 2. Emasculating. It's all right. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I want mine to be? What? Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Secretariat. Oh, okay. Whatever. I have no problem with that, I guess. That's fine. Governor Walker. Harley. I love riding Harleys. Yeah, we get it. You say uh, it every fucking time you're on stage. Oh, by the way. Yeah, you he lost. What? He lost the debate. He's, he's done. I, he's terrible. I, oh, also, I forgot to mention that, that like speech that Fiorina gave a little while ago, like uh -huh. the one that I said was Reagan S. She did that exact, I mean, almost verbatim in the like kids table debate last time oh. but nobody watched that so nobody remembered but she, I mean she said it almost exactly the same that's like a real pre-rehearsed like, nice yeah we're back in the leadership business like that whole yeah, thing okay. she said that before alright ever ready it's very high energy Donald <laughs> see Bush looked like a normal there yeah for two minutes for two minutes Tr Trump tops him <laughs> oh oh question um you you did see the awkward handshakes doing all this. Right? Nah, I don't care. I don't care about that. Show. Okay, because they made a ton of gifts, gifts oh, okay. uh, cool. on like yes, the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. they went crazy. Cool. Thanks for trying. Humble. <laughs> it nailed it. Tops everybody. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> one nation. That's not a good code name, sir. <laughs> Senator Cruz. You know, as a Cuban, I might go with Cohiba. And, and I'll tell you, I'd go with, for Heidi, Angel, because she is my angel. Oh, I oh, hate you. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. He is the worst. It's fine. You love your wife. He is disgusting. That guy is a despicable. He remind like, any minute, any minute, I'm uh -huh. waiting for him to transform into a snake. You, it, it's God country family? No. Family God country. God I don't know, Joey. What difference does it make? This guy's because he's got to be it. He has to be it. He disgusts me, Cruz. He really does. He, <laughs> everything he does is just very rehearsed, like Black Bart. Well, there's some people in Florida upset at me over a joke I made about Florida State, but what the heck? I want my code name to be Gator. That's fantastic. That's fine. I don't have fantastic. a problem with that. That's cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'd go with Duck Hunter. All right. I don't fine. get it. He duck hunts. I mean, there's nothing to get. <laughs> Senator Paul. Justice never sleeps. <laughs> Which is a terrible code name, but he's such a weirdo, and I, I kind of like it too. If they said what would be your slogan, he, he would have won. Okay, well, yeah, who do you think had the best one there? Oh, I, I mean, Donald. Yeah, Donald, right? I mean, Bush was good. Bush and Donald won that one. All right, this is it. This is uh, Carly Fiorina's closing uh, remark. Mm -hmm. I think she puts a nice bow on a very solid performance, and I, I, I'm excited to see where her uh, – excited to see. What am I absolutely out of my mind? But it'll be interesting to see where her poll numbers are. I think what this nation can be and must be is symbolized by Lady Liberty and Lady Justice. Lady Liberty stands tall and strong. She is clear-eyed and resolute. She doesn't shield her eyes from the realities of the world, but she faces outward into the world nevertheless, as we always must, and she holds her torch high because she knows she is a beacon of hope in a very troubled world. And Lady Justice, Lady Justice holds a sword by her side because she is a fighter 
a warrior for the values and the principles that have made this nation great. She holds a scale in her other hand. And with that scale, she says, all of us are equal in the eyes of God. And so all of us must be equal in the eyes of the law and the government, powerful and powerless alike. And she wears a blindfold. And with that blindfold, she is saying to us that it must be true, it can be true, that in this country, in this century, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter your circumstances. Here in this nation, every American's life must be filled with the possibilities that come from their God-given gifts. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Do you know what that was the sound of? Poll numbers going up. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I thought, yes. okay, so fuck. Wow. We did that. That well, that was good, though. I think we had fantastic. to break it down, right? Uh, what what do we have left here? Jesus. I do want to play this Rhonda clip. Fuck it. We're already two hours and 15 minutes in. We might as well just let it keep going. Yeah, keep it up. Um, sh- should we get to whatever you want to do with this meme, your fuck up, or what do you want to oh do? Oh, my God. Uh, w- w- which one do you want to do? Uh, whatever just do the meme is it long i mean no 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 it's quick yeah it's quick all right so everybody keeps on going around and they see the keep calm and keep calm and carry on and keep calm and carry on so i was like ooh, i wonder where that came from yeah so do you know yes so it turns out if you remember on backyard buddies i would sometimes try to explain where internet memes come from sure yes so this is one of them. So the phrase was created by the British government back in 1939 right. for the Second World War. It was originally a poster designed to inspire hope and raise morale, something that this country needs. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. they printed 2.4 million copies of it. Yeah, and, and, never, and they never distributed it. They just decided not to, right? Yeah. Well, actually, they did, but for whatever reason, it kind of disappeared over the years. Right. Back in 2000... Uh, people found the poster and they hung it up and it started getting a lot of publicity and stuff. Right. And they turned it into a whole marketing campaign. Yeah, now it's on the chive, which yes. is like a very... So, keep, and, so for, keep calm and chive on. So for 60 years, this entire thing disappeared and then all of a sudden back in 2000, it reappeared. Yeah, I like stuff like that. Well, you know what it is? It's good design and it's yes. good... Uh, it, it's it's catchy, that's all. Like, it, it's cool stuff like that where you go back in time and it's like, yeah, they had good you know marketing ideas and mottos and stuff yes. like that yeah it's pretty cool because that is basically the original design right like that is yes. kind of what it looked like uh yeah cool i like that now why don't we why don't we do the fuck up of the week and then we'll get to this ronda rousey clip and we'll just uh call we'll it a day? the shop yeah okay the fuck up of the week it's a good one this week belongs to a comedian who lied about his 9-11 escape yeah the comedian is steve ranazowski nope nope <laughs> I like how you I haven't done it all day uh, Steve Renazizi is his oh, name oh Steve Renazizi yeah. uh-huh. who is mostly known for his character Kevin McArthur from the show The League right he he had claimed that he worked for Merrill Lynch and on that day he got out he thought that he the story goes he should quit work and pursue another line of work right and well that he was gonna like follow his dreams because yes. he went through this traumatic experience and he moved out to Hollywood and, you know but it turns out that there's no record of him working for Merrill Lynch no he didn't work for Merrill Lynch yeah yeah it's a crazy story I mean it's always weird stuff like that where I mean I don't know I mean I would never 
make up some kind of backstory like that where I was in, on in the towers and whatever to propel me. But I mean, I guess to an extent you can understand that if he said it once, I don't understand how he even got to the point of saying it, but if he said it once, then you kind of have to stick, you know, like if people remember that you have to stick to this narrative, but it's a real, that's a really fucking weird one. And I, I think he's probably going to get hammered for that. Well, see, you should see, because I was thinking about it and if you are a true comedian, you are always telling stories. Yeah. So I guess it came to a point where because it, it was second secondhand nature to him, right? That he's always, always telling stories about experiences and all that. And I guess well, he wasn't a deep- comic at the time. That's the thing. It started. Oh, he wasn't. A, oh, no, like that's what that was supposedly what the catalyst was to make him move out to L.A. and pursue his career as an actor and do comedy. And things uh, like that's that. really interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, he's um, you know I've seen him interviewed a bunch of times. Like yeah. I think he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's been kind of in that like Death Squad you know network world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I've seen the league. Obviously, seems like a nice guy. Seems like a funny guy. But that's uh, yeah, it's a fuck up, man. That's not a well, good one. This is a major fuck up because Steve also just became the face of a new ad campaign for Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, B Dubs, he calls it. <laughs> The following the is a quote, and you know how much I love quotes. Yes, I do. We are disappointed to learn oh, this of is Steve's... Wild Wings quote. Yes, this is Wild Wings. We are disappointed to learn of Steve's misrepresentations regarding the events of September 11, 2011. We are currently reevaluating our relationship right. with Steve pending a review of all the facts. Yeah, we're going to wait to see what the public backlash is, and if people are mad at this, he's going to get it's fired. Done. And if this kind of blows over, we'll be like, ah, everybody makes mistakes. Makes mistakes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. It's very strange when people do things like that, like trying to co-opt uh, other people's grief and like be a part of it. Because there's other there's other stories about people that do shit like this. Yes. Where, you know, they became... There's a woman that, that had nothing to do with 9-11 and she became the president of like a victim's like group or something, you know? What? Yeah, it's very it's very strange when people do this. Hmm. Um, so anyway, okay. Yeah, that, that was worth putting out there, I think. Good one, Joey. Thank you. Uh, this Nick Diaz thing, I don't know if people that... Again, we always do this. I saved it for the end. People that don't watch MMA or don't watch UFC, it's going to be kind of hard to explain Nick Diaz. But Nick Diaz is this like bombastic, like from Stockton, California, like from the streets. He's a fucking fighter. Fighter um, who has like a really rough rough backstory that you you only get drips and drabs from him about it. But you you know he kind of grew Mm -hmm. up in a a bad situation. And he uh, is, you know, at at one point, and if he was still allowed to fight, would be probably considered, you know, a top 10 fighter uh, in his weight class. Um, just a, just a real interesting character, always great at, you know, um, shit talking and kind of like getting the (laughs) fights hyped up and all this stuff. He fought Anderson Silva. He talked his way into fighting uh, the greatest fighter of all time. As far as I'm concerned, Anderson Silva, That's a good job. he lost, but not badly to Anderson Silva. I mean, if it was a five round fight, he might've won the fight. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they both failed their drug test after that. Nick Diaz, Definitely not any kind of performance enhancer, no. not steroids. This guy has swam from Alcatraz three times. Okay, he's done that swim. Oh, he's insane. one of those guys? Insane. Yeah, he's a nut. He does all these triathlons, and he's an incredibly well-conditioned athlete. Smokes weed, mm-hmm. uh, and he's failed a few drug tests. This is like maybe the third or fourth time he's done it. He got suspended five years by the organization that that handles this. Anderson Silva, the guy he fought, got an eight month suspension for testing positive for you know steroids or performance enhancing drugs. So steroids, okay, pot, not. Well, and that's the thing. This, this is what's really fucked up in the, about this situation, and I, I hate it. I hate that this guy was suspended five years. Again, he's thirty two years old. Five years suspension, he's going to come back thirty seven. His career's essentially over. They've no. pretty much banned him for life. Uh, 
Ronda Rousey, and this is why I love Ronda Rousey. And I'll be honest with you, I got emotional watching this. Oh, you cried? Because, no, I didn't cry, but I got like it's it, it's powerful because she doesn't have to do this. She's friends with Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. She brings it up, and she really uh, comes to his defense. And I really think it's awesome of her. Somebody that I really respect, and I think is a absolute one of a kind ronda rousey and i I love that she did this and i just Mm -hmm. wanted to uh play this clip and then we'll we'll wrap up the show so this is ronda rousey they ask her a question about something to do with like olymp u.s olympian training or something Uh which she was at one point now she's the you know ufc women's champion and then she just goes into a thing about nick diaz which i really love uh so this is ronda rousey talking about nick diaz Well, what was going on was, I think... She looks beautiful, by the way. Always does. I love you, Rowdy. A result of the unfair treatment of U.S. Olympians, which really pales in comparison to how unfair it is that Nick got five-year suspension. I'm sorry, no one asked me anything, but I have to say something. It's it's so not right. Meanwhile, this is at a press conference in Australia for her title fight that's going to be taking place in a few months. She doesn't have to put the spotlight on anybody, but she does. And this is what I love about this person. She's awesome. And what she says is true. I'm to be suspended five years for marijuana. I'm against for them even testing for weed at all. It's not a performance-enhancing drug. It has nothing to do with athletic competition. It's only tested for political reasons. They say, oh, it's only for your safety to keep you from hurting yourself because you're out there. You know what? Then why don't they test for all of the other things that could possibly hurt us that we could be under the influence of while we're out there? There's no reason for them to be testing for weed. It's, it's in athletics, the beautiful thing about it is it separates everything from politics. It, it, it shouldn't be in, involved at all. And Nick is a really close and dear friend of mine, so of course I'm going to defend him. But I see it's so unfair if one person tests for steroids that could actually really hurt a person, and the other person smokes a plant that makes them happy, and he gets suspended for five years... Whereas the guy that could have hurt someone so much that he could have died in there gets a slap on the wrist. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. And you know what? Like, it doesn't make me a bad person for saying it. It just, I, I, I can't believe it's not being said more. And yeah, I think they really should free Nick Diaz. But you know what? It's not <laughs> Dana's decision either. You can't get mad at him. He had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure if he had the choice, I'm not going to She's talking about Dana White, the guy that runs yeah. the UFC. Speak for him, he would have given him a lot less. But you know what? I, I don't think that, that marijuana should be part of the conversation at all. I think it's an invasion of privacy for them to test for it, and they have no right. Oof. Damn. I, I love Damn her, man. Girl. She, but that's the thing, right? Like, it, it's she. Wow. She's great. I love Ronda Rousey. She comes to the defense of this guy, and she should, and she's totally right, and uh, she's great. I mean, she. She is a person that has things to lose, you know yes. what I mean? But she does not give a fuck. No. Like, she will say whatever. Uh, so, and she's right. I mean, she's making a, a real good stand there. So I, I love Ronda Rousey. She's superwoman. Cool. She is. Yeah, she definitely is. Um, all right, Joe, you got any final thoughts here or what? I just want to say you did a fantastic job today. Oh, thanks, bro. You, you bro, What did I just say? Bro, thanks, bro. You it's did okay. We job. have a bromance going <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> thanks, Joey. I appreciate it. I think you did very well, too. Uh, Evan, thank you for uh, helping Joey say Fiorina, and thank you for producing the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It's a fucking kid. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We really appreciate that. Um, oh, 
We're going to close with a song. Okay. It's by this woman named Francesca Gagne. Gagne or Gagnon. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's called Allegria. I went years ago, 20 years ago, 1994, I went to a uh, performance of Cirque du Soleil in Battery Park before uh-huh. it like became a thing. And I used to like love this song when I was a kid and I heard it on the plane home from Florida after my vacation. Oh, that's nice. And so I'm just going to share it with you. It's weird, but wait till it really picks up. I mean, it's in French. It's just a weird song. It's a weird pick. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just going to put it out there and whatever. Nice. You guys can tell me if you like it. All right. SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can go there. You can subscribe to the podcast, follow us or whatever it is. Leave a comment. I will respond to the comments. I, I like uh, the feedback from you guys. You can now watch this show on YouTube every Thursday at 4 p.m. You can go to YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. There's a playlist that has the live stream link where you can watch this show and all the other shows when they stream. I'll also be putting up uh, full episodes so you guys can watch us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. That'd be great. Subscribe on there so mm-hmm. that way you know when the new uh, episodes are available. Email us, MandatorySampson at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Mansamp. Joey is... Joey from Josie with a Z. Perfect. Uh, I'm also on Snapchat, but uh, to a lesser extent, that doesn't really... Uh, whatever. Uh, whatever. Mansamp on Snapchat. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We are definitely going to be back next week, and um, we will talk to you all then. Take it easy. <laughs>